Let her go, Molaram! You are in a position unsuitable to give orders. Watch your back! I have a terrible fear of heights. And when the bridge was finished, I could go out 40 yards from either end, but I couldn't go to the point of no return. You want the stones? Let them go! Let her go! <laughs> Drop them, Dr. Jones! They will be found! You won't! <laughs> Get Stephen was really scared of the bridge uh, because it was a real suspension bridge over, I guess it was 150 feet clear fall before you dashed yourself to death on rocks and shallow water. It's very bouncy, Steve. Very bouncy. <laughs> yeah, it's real scary. You mean we can cross here? It is. Boy, I'll tell you, you get out there, those guys. Go on. Garrett Brown did the study cam work, and Garrett's shaky. He hates the bridge as much as I do. Garrett won't go out 40 yards either. And I said, you're smart, Garrett. You and I are not going out 40 yards. So we stayed, and so I kept most of my shots on either the first third or the last third and didn't go in the middle physically with a camera. Shorty! Chao Chi! Latsu Tsangta! Okay, that, that's the shot, Gareth. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Is he nuts? You know nuts. He's crazy. Moloram. Harrison, in the meantime, said, oh, that's nothing, and he ran across the bridge. Moloram. First time he got on the bridge, he ran as fast as he could from one end to the other. Couldn't believe he did that, but he's that's Harrison Ford. Yes, he's Indiana Jones. Moloram, prepare to meet Kali. Welcome to Geek Fight, <coughs> the Ponzi scheme of podcasting. I'm Damon Shaw. This week's battle is best Spielberg movie. And um, we did a little bit of a weird classification thing. It is Spielberg movie, not Spielberg directed movie. So it's anything he actually produced or directed. It's all that good stuff. Uh, with me, as always, is Mr. Mike Ortiz. Mike, who's joining us tonight? Well, tonight we have with us Pete Lucas. Hey, folks. Michael Felsher, Baby Gravy, and Josh Bradley. Hello. Uh, you know the drill. We have 32 Spielberg movies. Uh, like you mentioned, Spielberg writer, director, producer. You know, I thought about this. Someone could have even gone actor because he's been in a couple of movies, but uh, nobody did that. Unless the unknowns. Hmm, I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. Wasn't, didn't he have that little cameo in Vanilla Sky? Was he in that too? He Very was in small. Blues Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, he's really? in Vanilla Sky. Yeah, and he's in Gremlins. You mean the first Blues Brothers? Not yeah. Wait, he, he's in Gremlins. Out. Gremlins is yeah. on the list. Yeah, well, he rides by in a little cart during the uh, wasn't Seymour Hoyt. Wasn't Hoyt he also in Paul? I don't remember if he was in Paul. I don't believe he was in Paul. They mention him a lot in Paul, but um, he's not Paul. But anyway, even, well, nobody added that at least for that reason. Uh, but all of these were chosen by the panelists. We set them up in tournament brackets, which you can download from our website at geekfights.net. We pit one against the other and put it to a vote. The winner moves on to the next round, and this continues again until something is crowned the best Spielberg movie. Uh, as always, you decide the criteria you use to determine the winner of each match. 
which was the most influential, personal favorite, uh, the least annoying children is going to be a big one for me. Uh, physical fights and spite. Um, whatever rationale you want, as long as it works for you, we call that geek logic. It's the heart of every geek fight. And with that, we'll start fighting. Uh, Pete, this one is yours. It is E.T., the extra, extra testicle terrestrial <laughs> versus Back to the Future. Oh, this is this is actually a tough one for me because um, I I saw both these movies. I enjoyed them, um, but I think I have to give the edge out to Back to the Future. I liked I, I found that one to be uh, funnier, and uh, plus it hasn't really been changed at all. So I have nothing to be uh, regretful about with that one. So uh, Back to the Future. Vote for Back to the Future, Michael. Uh, well, this, yeah, it's kind of tough. I mean, Back to the Future is an insanely clever film. Um, but that one has more, I mean, as much as it feels like a Spielberg film, it really has much, it's much more of a Zemeckis film at heart. With him and uh, Bob Gale as the writers, it really does feel much more that that was their vision that Spielberg supported. And um, also with E.T. the Extraterrestrial, I keep forgetting how good that movie is. Uh, it's For some reason, it, it's always... Whenever I watch it, I'm just like, oh, this is why this thing made so much money. And it was a huge, huge hit. I mean, this thing was the Titanic of its day. I think it held the record until Titanic came along uh, for the biggest box office of all time. So, I mean, it's there's a reason that it was, and it's extremely touching and effective. And, uh, you know, as far as any changes done to it, Spielberg has since renounced those changes and the upcoming Blu-ray of it will not have any of those on there. Is that he official? Is, he officially renounced. Yeah, he what he, he did he, to it. He said, "I regret doing it. It was not, and it was just I, I'm not touching any more of my movies. They're going to remain exactly as they are." Well, I wish and he so, would get together with Lucas and, and you know explain that to him. I don't have time to get into that. So we're be, uh, <laughs> so I'm going with ET. Uh, vote for ET, Mike. Uh, th this one was really tough for me um, because uh, I, I agree with, with with Michael. Back to the Future. I don't. I, I never really think of that as a Spielberg movie. I think of it as a Zemeckis movie. Uh, I, there's a, a lot of Spielberg things in it, but you know that that to me definitely has the stamp of the director, not the producer. Um, and E.T. is really, from any objective standpoint, so much better a movie. Uh, but I, I actually really do enjoy Back to the Future more. I would actually be more likely to watch Back to the Future. Um, but again, can I say a Zemeckis movie is a best Spielberg movie? Uh, so in the end, it's going to come down to, to this. Is Back to the Future gave us Biff Tannen, who, uh, who has been quite a gift to geek fights. So I, I was going to vote for Back to the Future until I remembered that we actually emailed him and contacted him to do a soundbite, and he completely ignored us. So... Uh, fuck him. Are you serious? Uh, back to the future can uh, make like a tree and get out of here. Uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a combination of several different aspects of geek logic. <laughs> Is that the spite you were talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was spite. spite. That's not the spite he was talking about. It'll but, come later. Uh, but, but Josh, it is your pick. Jeez, uh, I mean, I don't think uh, E.T. has actually aged as well as Back to the Future. Honestly. Um, I remember it was when it's re it was re-released, I think, in the theaters for its 25th anniversary. I'm not sure about that. But um, I don't remember there being a whole lot of hoopla when it came out. I think uh, just because it hasn't aged as well like Back to the Future has. But 
Uh, I got to agree with, uh, with Mike, you know, um, I think of Back to the Future more of a Zemeckis movie and E.T. still does hold up as a classic kind of coming of age story. Um, so I guess I'm going to have to go with E.T. I'll vote for E.T. And yeah, as, as great as Back to the Future is, it is a Zemeckis film. Um, there are other movies on, on the list where Spielberg produced them and they do have a very, very, very much Spielberg feel and you almost can't tell the difference. But uh, Back to the Future is not one of them. Uh, and E.T. is one of one of movies of all time. It's one of those movies that you technically have to see, but I guess kids nowadays probably haven't seen it, or if they have, they, they just don't understand the importance of that film. It, it's, it was during that time when you started to get summer blockbusters. It's, it's near the beginning of that shit. Uh, so I will be voting for E.T. as well. And E.T. is moving on. And we are on to our next fight, Michael. This one is yours. It is Catch Me If You Can versus Kick the Can, the uh, segment from the Twilight Zone movie. Okay, well, this one is going to be very easy for me because we're basically dealing with one of Spielberg's more atypical efforts uh, the in Catch Me If You Can, which is sort of a comedy chase action film. Very well done. Very underrated, actually. I think this film has not gotten quite the due that it deserves. Versus the absolute worst thing that Spielberg ever did. Uh, the Kick the Can episode of Twilight Zone is everything that everyone always accuses Spielberg of, but he very, very rarely is. It's over-sentimentalized. It's unbearably cutesy. It's just, I mean, it's basically the point of that whole thing is, hey, aren't old people adorable? And every single old person cliche comes trotted out for this thing. And even though it's a remake of a classic episode, the classic episode at least kept sort of a, a, a flat distance from everything. Spielberg just gets there and just dolls everything up and everything's got like a sparkle to it and it's all soft and cuddly and ugh, God. I mean, you get diabetes just from watching the fucking thing. And he managed to make something with Scatman Crothers almost unwatchable, which I didn't think was possible. So I, I, this is very, very simple. This is one of Spielberg's most underrated efforts versus the absolute pinnacle of his crap. So we're going with Catch Me If You Can. Uh, vote for Catch Me If You Can. Mike? Um, I, I will disagree with part of that. I, I don't have a, a hatred for uh, Kick the Can. I actually like it for all the reasons you just said you hate it. Because it is like condensed Spielberg into like this small packet of a movie, and I like the movie quite a bit. Um, I mean, the the first segment has you know some obvious problems, but the rest I actually like. This was I, this was I think uh, weaker than the Joe Dante or the other the other one, but I still enjoyed it. Um, but you're completely right about Catch Me If You Can. I, I'm amazed that it doesn't get the attention that it that it should. It's really a remarkably well done, well paced movie, and it's a great example. It was almost a reminder that, you know, he really can do a wide variety of, of, of movies. I mean, this is a real a great example of the versatility that, that Spielberg has. We, we remember him more for the big blockbusters and genre movies and, and, and the, the big dramatic Oscar movies. But, you know, this, this was just a hell of a, of a great movie from, from the title sequences and even, even geek cred uh, references to Barry Allen. It's a, it's a great movie. Catch me if you can. Oh, uh, vote for Catch Me If You Can. Josh? Uh, yeah, I think that Catch Me If You Can is 
probably one of Spielberg's like most unique, you know, because like Mike was saying, you know, he's known for his big blockbuster movies. And if no one, if I hadn't known going into it that it, it was directed by him, I never would have assumed because it just doesn't really have that feel. But I think the movie's pretty solid and I think it doesn't get enough attention. I wish they would give it a proper release. Is it on Blu-ray? I, I don't know. I also don't know. If it isn't, it should be, and it should be decked out. At least, uh, I wish Spielberg would do commentaries, but I know he doesn't, um, which is unfortunate. Um, Kick the Can, yes, I think it's... that just means you can do them on your show. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> but Kick the Can, I, uh, I think it's probably the weakest segment of that movie. Um, uh, I think the strongest one is with uh, Lithgow, and then the other one with the uh, kid. I don't know what, what, I don't know what that segment's called. But um, I can't. I can't give that a vote. So definitely catch me if you can. Uh, just as a note, as of this recording, catch me if you can. Is not available on Broadway. Now that's that's a travesty, sir. An- another vote for catch me if you can. Yeah, um, I think the reason why catch me if you can gets a lot of flack and is is underrated is because it's Tom Hanks and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, and not that they're not great in the movie. It's people were tired of watching them at that point, especially Leonardo DiCaprio, and it just flew under the radar. Everybody went, "Oh, it's Oscar bait for DiCaprio again." Whatever. Well, well didn't uh, well was DiCaprio really all out all over the place? I mean, he had the Aviator around that same time, right? No, no, it's they, before. It was, it? it was the same year, I thought. Oh, is it the same year? Yeah. Was it the same yeah. year as Gang? It was the same year as either the Aviator or Gangs of New York. I can't remember which well, one it was. I think and, a lot yeah, of people yeah, were feeling right. kind of over both Hanks and DiCaprio yeah. at that point. And, 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 and it, well, it was Gangs of New York. It was Gangs of New York. Oh, yeah, right. Well, and and, and the release of it is it was in December Jan- or uh, November of the year. So it was it was clearly an Oscar bait movie. And people said, fuck you, Spielberg. And as a matter of fact, it might have been just after he did the fucking tinkering to E.T. So it, it, it's probably a culmination of a, a few things. But I will be voting for um, Catch Me If You Can as well. And uh, I'll go to Pete for our lone, possibly lone vote for Kick the Can. Um, yeah, since it's already too late anyway, but I, I, I would just like to say that the exact reasons that Mike hated the uh, Take Me Can episode was one of the reasons why I liked it, along with um, Scatman Crothers, I thought was absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, Michael I was a lot. hated it, not Mike. I, I, Michael, I liked I'm it sorry. Um, and, and, you know, it wasn't the strongest uh, work in that movie by far, but I, I found it very entertaining. So. Uh, even though it's not going on, I, I will be tossing a a a, a youth vote to uh, the Kick the Can episode of Twilight Zone. A pity vote to Kick the Can, <laughs> but Catch Me If You Can is moving on. Or, uh, mind that, let me say, I do think Catch Me If You Can was a much better film overall. Well, you'll get to say that in the next round, maybe. Uh, <laughs> next fight, Mike, this one is yours. Uh, this is a doozy. It's an Indiana Jones fight. It's Raiders of the Lost Ark versus Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I know exactly which way you're going to vote. Oh, this is easier than the last time. It's Raiders of the Lost Ark. No question. Yeah, I, I, I almost, I, I almost didn't. I, I almost just marked it and just moved on to Josh. But Josh, what's your pick? Uh, for that, um, I'm going to have to go with uh, Last Crusade. I. Uh, that's always been my favorite. Um, I think Raiders is solid, but I think by the time they got to um, the Last Crusade, they perfected the the art of Indiana Jones. Um, I think uh, I wish 
Um, Temple of Doom was on the list. I think it's heavily underrated, but it um, is on the list. Pod is on the list too, oh, baby. Oh, Rock and roll. Well, good. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to give it to Last Crusade. I think um, I like to think of that as the end of the Indiana Jones trilogy. Um, some people may dismiss the fourth one, but um, kind of like Alien Four. But I, uh, like I said, uh, the first one was it was a big blockbuster. It, it set the tone, but I think they just perfected it by then. So my vote goes to Crusade. I'll vote for Last Crusade. Um, Last Crusade is okay. I, I like it so a bit. I, actually, I like it a lot, but part of it feels phoned in to me. Whereas Indiana Jones, well, let's rephrase, rephrase that, Raiders of the Lost Ark, because it's not Indiana Jones and the Raiders. It, the, the title is Raiders of the Lost Ark. That movie is not phoned in. That's all. That's all of them, and I'm including Lucas in that, firing at at almost the top of their game, and it's it's a really good full, uh, movie. So I'm going to go with uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, Pete. Um, yeah, I have to. Uh, I, I I enjoyed Last Crusade. I I enjoyed the interplay between uh, Ford and Connery. Um, but I got to say, without Raiders of the Lost Ark, there would have been no Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So I got to toss it out to Raiders. A uh, vote for Raiders. With- that that logic was coming out soon. Well, I, I didn't <laughs> know that logic was coming out because you know how much Jared hates that logic. But uh, Michael. I just wanted to ask Josh a quick question. When did you get back? When did I get back? From the hospital. From the from the hospital. What are you talking about? Well, I'm assuming you must have been in the hospital because of the traumatic brain injury you must have had in order Ooh. to take fucking Last Crusade over Raiders of the Lost. Are you out of your mind? I mean, I thought you were actually being, Last you know, Crusade nice is- to me for a minute. I wasn't sure. Uh, well, that definitely <laughs> proves you've had well, a head first injury. First of all, no. Yeah, you've had <laughs> yeah, I think it does. Yeah, I should have known. I mean, last, I, I, last, first... last Crusade was is, is nothing but a, a, a retread of Raiders. It's oh, pretty much them retreat. It is. Oh, it's the on. plot is exi- the plot, with the exception of the father son stuff. Everything else in that movie is warmed over Raiders. It's the same structure. It's a religious artifact. They got to go find it. They got the guy who turns out to be the the rival of Indiana Jones turns out to be a bad guy. Blah 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 blah. There's no very very few notes. The Nazis are back. It's all pretty much the same thing all over again. And a lot of that feels. And Damon was absolutely right. A lot of that feels really phoned in. A lot of it feels very rote, very uninspired. I don't think Spielberg was really interested in that material very much at all. It's the father-son stuff in that movie that kicks ass. Anytime there's there's that dynamic going on, the movie's fantastic. The rest of it was actually felt to me like they were scared because of what happened on Temple of Doom, and they ran from it. And so they went, well, we got to go back to what worked on Raiders. We don't want to piss anybody off. Um, so that's not even close. So I'll save my argument for Raiders later. But, yeah, ask Crusade, a lot, a lot of fun. Marcus. Oh, yeah, they treated him like the ultimate doofus in that. They tra- I mean, they, they really, they peed all over that character. I don't know why they felt the need to turn that guy into, like, a, this, this comic clown. And it was actually kind of insulting. And it was actually something they continued into Crystal Skull with, with even the statue having a weird, you know, moment. And it's like, did Denholm Elliott piss on Spielberg's head or something? <laughs> I never understood what, what caused that to happen. So, anyway, anyway, anyway Raiders are lost, Ark. Uh, and uh, thanks for that, Mike. Uh, don't yeah. don't forget, you were up until 2 in the morning recording last night. Uh, we're on to our next fight. Uh, Josh, this one is yours. Personally, I think it's an easy one. It's Saving Private Ryan versus 1941. Ugh, uh, well, I guess it is easy, but to be honest with you, I don't really like either of these movies. Uh, I remember liking 1941 when I was a kid. 
because I didn't really know any better and it was just on and anything on TV is good. I thought that Belushi was funny in it. And isn't Dan Aykroyd in it too? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And they got the submarine, the Japanese submarine on the coast and the kid on the Ferris wheel. Doesn't the Ferris wheel like detach and start rolling down the bay or something? Or oh yeah. The dock? Yeah. Yeah. It was goofy slapstick. And I, I remember thinking it was really funny, but um, have you guys ever gone back to it after that? I mean, uh, several times. Yeah. It doesn't, I don't know if it really works. Um, uh, I give him credit for, for trying to make a, a farce, um, but uh, I don't think it really works. But Saving Private Ryan, not my favorite war movie. Um, I guess that would probably be Full Metal Jacket or Platoon. This, I think uh, I think Saving Private Ryan is a little overrated. Um, I don't think it was written particularly well, and it, it kind of uh, suffers from the Spielberg cheese effect, um, where he kind of likes to end his movies with a, on a sappy note, you know, with the... Uh, the old guy when he's at the uh, the cemetery, you know. But anyway, yeah, saving Private Ryan. Sorry, that took so long. Uh, earn it, earn it. <laughs> Did I earn it? Uh, you know, I would, I would, I would vote for 1941 because I, I do have fun watching it. The few times I've seen it, but um, my grandfather on my father's side was a a World War II vet and never ever talked to him about world war ii and he passed in 96 so i never had the opportunity to and i saw this movie and i was like holy shit if he went through like a quarter of the shit that goes on in that movie i would have loved to have he heard those stories about that and uh saving private ryan i i love that that aspect of the movie going uh, because all the other war movies i'd ever seen before that are vietnam movies and those guys were very vocal about what happened to them. Uh, the World War II vets aren't, and I think it's a nice little love letter to those guys. So I'm going to vote for Saving Private Ryan. Uh, Pete? Um, yeah, well, I hate it. Absolutely hate it. Uh, I, I'm not a big war movie buff. Um, visually, I thought Saving Private Ryan, especially particularly the opening scene on the beach, was absolutely incredible. Um, but 1941, I think, was really underrated. I saw it when it came out. And I remember thinking it was okay, it was cute, it was funny, ha, ha, ha. Um, but I, I just went back and watched it not too long ago as an adult. And, and having gone, uh, watched many, many more movies since then, uh, I, you know, you could see a lot of the homages in 1941 to the older war movies as well. To, you know, some of the spoofs, like The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming, uh, among other uh, well-known movies. So... Uh, I had a different eye when I saw it when I was older, and I actually enjoyed it a lot more. So I, I just got to give the edge out to 1941. Uh, vote for 1941. Michael? It's, boy, it's, 1941, it's, it's, I don't want to beat up on it too much because it's almost like beating up on the kid from the neighborhood who used to be really cool, but then was in a car accident and hasn't been quite right since. Um, it's just... Uh, the problem with that movie is everyone's trying so hard. I mean, it's, it, there's so much action. It's so frenetic and it's being, everyone's just doing everything at a hundred, you know, 101, uh, on the volume meter. But the problem is it's not funny. The movie really isn't very funny. And it's not in This movie was not in Spielberg's wheelhouse. Certainly not at that time. Uh, there's just a lot of, a lot of action and nothing really is that interesting. I remember when I watched the longer version when it finally came out on DVD and it was like, good Lord, I should be really entertained by this, but I'm not. Uh, this is just not working. Nothing in that movie really clicks. 
Um, so I, and you compare that to Saving Private Ryan, which I, I do think is one of his best films. Uh, it's really no no contest. Saving Private Ryan. Another vote for Saving Private Ryan and Mike. Uh, you know, I, I was actually going to vote for 1941. Uh, is is kind of a pity vote because uh, I, I do agree with with, with what a lot of it said. I don't. Michael's right. It's not funny, but I still kind of like it, and I like its ambition. And it also had a, a really cool graphic novel. So I was going to give it a pity vote, but uh, since now I don't have to, I'll vote for Saving Private Ryan. Uh, vote for Saving Private Ryan. And Saving Private Ryan is moving on, on to our next fight. It is Close Encounters with the Third Kind versus Hook. And I know what you're saying. Damon, how could you pick anything other than Close Encounters with the Third Kind? But I'm a contrarian, and I love how much people hate Hook. And uh, I actually do enjoy Hook. So I'm going to be voting for Hook here. <laughs> Fuck all of you. Pete. Oh, um, you know, I, I actually didn't hate Hook. I, I found it uh, to be enjoyable. I, I, I think there was a lot of problems with it. Um, but, again, in, in my youth and my development, I, you know, I remember seeing Close Encounters of the Third Kind and just being totally blown away, even though going back to it, the, the effects weren't all that great. I mean, they were, you know, typical of the time. So, uh, I got to go with, uh, Close Encounters. I'll vote for Close Encounters in the third kind. Uh, and a few problems? That's an understatement, dude. The hook has a <laughs> shit ton of problems. Um, Michael. I was being uh, you, you are talking to someone who enjoyed Hook. Um, I enjoyed that movie quite a bit when I first saw it. It has not aged very well. Uh, in just the 20 years since it came out, it has not aged very well. It does have a shit ton of problems, uh, most of them having to do with the Lost Boys. And it's just the structure of the movie. It's, a lot of it is, again, it's Spielberg's weaknesses. The over-sentimentality comes into play way too often. The performances in the movie, though, are, are fantastic. I thought Robin Williams was great. I thought Hoffman was absolutely brilliant in the role of Hook. I, I thought he was probably the, the highlight of that whole film. Uh, it's, there's a lot to recommend it. It's not a terrible movie. It really, I think it's gotten kind of thrown under the bus a lot over the years. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry to uh, see it go out in the first round here because it's up against Close Encounters. Who are we fucking kidding? So, uh, Close Encounters. But Hook's not a terrible film. I don't think so. Uh, vote for Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mike. Um, I'll, I'll be the one that throws Hook under the bus. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Much of what you said is true, and, and I, I, I do agree about a lot of the performances, but at the end of the day, I still just hated that movie. Um, and, and you for have some, no inner child. Some, I mean, I'll, I, mean I, I really hated Julia Roberts' fucking Tinkerbell, too. Come on. And the no, Lost she Boys. Wasn't, she wasn't good. And, uh, and, I mean, even just the basic premise, I thought was kind of, I just didn't, I just never clicked with. But regardless, it is up against uh, Close Encounters here. And one of the other th reasons I hate that movie is I was working in a movie theater when it came out, and there was a big standee that was actually kind of a, an edged, it was just like a big plastic poster, and I cut my finger on that fucking poster putting that in. <laughs> so I think I still hold that against the movie many, many years later. Uh, vote for Close Is that our first example of standee spite? Uh, yeah, it is the first, I think. The first example of standee spite. No, it's not. Uh, I've complained about setting up standees before. Okay. Uh, well, then the, the <laughs> third or fourth. Anyway, uh, Josh. Let me tell you about the fucking dance. No, 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 no. Thank you. Hey, no. hey, I had to build plenty of standees, too. Mike. Save that so, so, did I. 
So did I. But we're, we're not going to get hung. We'll do a whole episode about best or worst band. Ben, all right. <laughs> we got three people on this show. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to... I'm a Hook supporter, man. I, I can't let it... I don't, I don't want it to go down, but I guess it's already lost. But, uh, you know, what, what's a better movie? I guess, of course, it's Close Encounters. It's classic. But um, uh, I think if Hook is on TV and Close Encounters is on TV at the same time, I'm probably going to watch Hook. It's just incredibly rewatchable. It's goofy. Yeah, it's got problems. But you're right. I mean, it's got a lot of good performances in it. I mean, you mentioned Dustin Hoffman. I mean, that scene, you know, with the uh, the boo box, you know, they have Glenn Close in there with that cameo. It's brilliant. You know, it's it's funny. And uh, the two have chemistry together. And uh, Robin Williams, I mean, it's a bit... Uh, he does look a bit goofy in that outfit at the end, you know? But... Um, Still breaks my heart to see Rufio die at the end. But oh, I'll fuck, give it a vote. Oh, fuck Rufio. A vote for Hook. <laughs> Rufio. Rufio. I wish I had a dad like you. <laughs> see? <laughs> <laughs> but Close uh. Encounters of the Third Kind is moving on. Uh, Pete, this fight is yours. It is Gremlins versus The Terminal. Um... I got to show Gremlins some love in this one. I, I have to admit, the terminal I haven't seen, even though I was well aware of it. But uh, Gremlins, I just found so fun and amusing. And come on, who the hell didn't want a Gremlin growing up? Uh, well, you wanted a Mogwai, right? I, I wanted a Mogwai, Mogwai. yeah. yeah. I didn't want a gremlin. fucking Gremlin, no. <laughs> no. Damn, I wanted no. to unleash a Gremlin on those that I despised. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael. Uh, yeah, but the terminal is actually not a terrible movie at all it's actually very very charming very cute and it's not nearly as sappy as uh spielberg's other efforts in this kind of genre it's, it's a very well made movie and i'm still amazed by the fact that they built that whole airport that that was a fucking set that there was not a real airport everything about that was a set that still blows my mind um however gremlins is one of those producing efforts where you do feel spielberg's influence even though it's very much a joe dante film it's very much got his wicked sensibility but you can tell that Spielberg really enjoyed being able to let his dark side to come out to play a little bit in that one. Uh, this is a this is one of his producing efforts where his influence is there, but it doesn't overwhelm the director's vision yet. You can very much see it's a collaboration, and it still holds up. This movie still absolutely holds up. So Gremlins all the way. A uh, vote for Gremlins, Mike. Uh, I I will also vote for Gremlins. Um, I, I do think the Terminal was a pretty remarkable achievement. I just never really, uh, I just didn't enjoy the movie that much. And uh, I absolutely love Gremlins. And uh, I will even throw uh, Gremlins 2 in here because I like that one more. I, wow, so awesome. do I. So do I, actually. Uh, another vote for Gremlins. Uh, Josh? Uh, I can't vote for Gremlins because you mentioned Gremlins 2. And I like Gremlins 2. I never really caught on to the first one all that much. I guess it's because it didn't get played on HBO or Cinemax that often. But they played the hell out of Gremlins 2. And I thought that movie was really funny. Um, I think it was kind of poking fun of itself. I think that's what made it work for me. But I got to give it up for The Terminal. Um, I really like that movie. And it, it, it is charming and cute, um, like, like Michael said. And uh, I think it's another one of those movies that's out of his wheelhouse. But I think he did a really good job. Um, it does have some, some problems. Um, I think especially the Catherine Zeta-Jones character. Uh, I, I wish she wasn't in the movie at all. But, I mean, it was a remarkable achievement building that set, uh, that entire airport terminal uh, in Mojave. I live uh, next to Mojave, so I, uh, that was, you know, filming nearby when I got to, to go see it. It was, it was nice, and I had some friends who were extras in the movie. 
And it's another one of those DVDs, like Catch Me If You Can, where it, it doesn't even have a Blu-ray. No special features, nothing. So, Terminal. Another vote for Terminal. Yeah, uh, I, I like Terminal as well. I, I like Gremlins, too. Um, but I, I think I'll quickly throw a, another pity vote on the, on the pyre for, for Terminal. But Gremlins is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Michael, this one is yours. It is the Goonies versus the Adventures of Tintin. Um, the, this one, I, I fear I know what's going to happen here because I don't know how many people in this room have seen the Adventures of Tintin yet. Um, I did finally check this movie out. Very entertaining. Very, a lot of fun. I'm not a fan of the mocap thing where they, they capture real life you know, actors and to try and make them look human. It's a little bit more stylized than that, so I was this movie, I was able to get away from that a little bit with this picture. But Spielberg's just got a knack, and this one is pretty much his imagination untethered because he could do pretty much whatever he wanted, and it was uh, it was very entertaining. I think it didn't quite get the uh, attention that it deserved. The Goonies, however, is a film I have never liked. I I've never understood the love for this picture. Uh, it should have been much better than it was. The kids are so fucking annoying in that movie. Are you, are you sure you're not? Did you feel okay when you got home from the hospital, Mike? You sure? Fuck you, it's the Goonies. Fuck you, it's the Goonies. Seriously, the kids are so annoying in that movie, and it takes forever to get going. The whole setup with the crooks Ah, and the house. Blasphemy. By the time they get down to the fucking, the movie gets interesting, it's like 45 minutes into it. Uh, the fat kid in that movie is the most annoying fat kid in movie history. Why anyone would hang around with that douchebag is beyond me. Uh, I never got the sense that these kids would ever be friends aside from where they're located. It was just really grating. It rubbed me the wrong way as a kid in 85. It rubs me even more the wrong way now. And uh, I'm, it's, this one is like someone imitating a Spielberg movie rather than actually doing one. So I'm going with Tintin, even though I know it's going to fucking lose. Uh, it probably won't. There's three old people on this show. A vote for The Adventures of Tintin. Mike? Uh, you know, I have not seen The Adventures of Tintin, but I like the trailer a great deal. Um, I don't dislike... Uh, well, actually, I, I, I like Goonies, but I don't... Uh, I certainly am not the, the fan that many other people uh, seem to be, and I think there is... Uh, in, a good part of it would be the age difference, uh, though I don't I don't dislike it. I don't have any problem with it. So it's something I don't really care about versus something I haven't seen. Uh, oh, what the hell! I vote for Tintin. A uh, vote for Tintin, Josh. Uh, well, I think I made myself clear. Yeah, the Goonies. I've, I haven't seen Tintin. I don't even I don't even know what it's about. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a trailer for it. Fucking um, American. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you Goonies fans could sway me if you if you have a good pitch. Uh, I don't. I, it would be hard to beat Goonies up against anything. Um, the Goonies was a, it, it's an important film from when I was growing up. I used to watch it all the time. And you made fun of the fat kid. Come on, Chunk doing the truffle shuffle. Kids are kids are annoying. You got data uh, mouth. Uh, come on. Annoying. Oh, come on. Annoying. Uh, yeah, even though, yeah, that's that's Donner who directed it. I mean, it does have a Spielbergian feel to it. And it's just awesome. So, Goonies. Oh, vote for Goonies. Uh, yeah, Adventures of Tintin, I think, was one of the highest grossing films last year in the world because the rest of the world knows who Tintin is. He's a Belgian comic strip character. Uh, he had a cartoon 
I know that because I've seen the cartoon and I did see the movie. The movie is really good. It's fantastic. I like it a lot. Um, but it's not the Goonies. The, the Goonies is responsible for lots and lots of people around my age liking that genre of film. Uh, I saw Goonies before I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just that it's that thing. It's like, oh, this adventure story that you go on and you have lots of fun with the characters who are around your age and stuff like that. It, it, it was really good to me. And uh, Karen would kick my ass for not voting for it, even though she liked the adventures of Tintin as well. But I'm going to be voting for Goonies. It is all tied up. It comes down to you there, Pete. Which one takes the win? Um. Yeah, without getting into a long diatribe about either one of these, uh, I just got to say The Adventures of Tintin. And The Adventures of Tintin is moving on. We are on to our next fight. Mike, I can't one. believe that just happened. What? No, you have. There are three people who are over the age of 40 on this panel. It's very easily happening. Michael's happened. not over 40. Oh, sorry. He's 39. My bad. 30, I'm 38. Fuck you. You're going to be 39 in two months. Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, uh, what, what, what's your birthday? Wait, let me let me do it. May twenty fourth. Yeah, yeah, I remember that because it's also Paul Story's birthday. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. But anyway, the Adventures of Tintin is moving on. Mike, this fight is yours. It's the first unknown fight of the evening, and you're gonna get to break Karen's heart twice. It is Joe versus a volcano versus Karen's pick, an American Tale. Five goes west. That's the sequel to American <laughs> Tale. Is she begging oh. to have her thing shot down? Here's a great example where uh, just, just float a halfway decent one out there. Uh, I, I've never seen American Tale. Uh, I'm the one with no childhood who didn't watch cartoons, remember? So uh, even though I really did not want to vote for Joe vs. the Volcano, even though I love the movie, it, uh, it, isn't, it isn't Spielbergian to me at all. Uh, but uh, I also fuck it. I'll vote for uh, Fievel. I'll vote for Fievel Goes West. Um, uh, Josh. Uh, I love Joe vs. Volcano. I think that movie is highly underrated. Um, I've actually done a fan commentary for that movie, too. Um, but um, who directed that? Who directed Joe? John Patrick Shanley. Right, Shanley, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't think I've seen this sequel to Fievel Goes West. That what you said? Fievel Goes West? Fievel Goes West. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that. Uh, yeah, but Joe, uh, definitely. I'm, I'm so jealous. Who put this on the list? Uh, Joe, I did. Oh, because I wanted to put it on the list. That was... <laughs> well, yeah. thank you for putting it on so I could vote for it. So. I love Joe vs. the Volcano. That movie is so awesome. Uh, so, yeah. I love Meg Ryan's performance. It's the, the Tom Hanks Meg Ryan trilogy. And the only one that I think actually drops the ball is You've Got Mail, because their chemistry in this movie and uh, Sleepless in Seattle is really good, and I, I like it a lot. Yeah, You've Got Mail was like just a remake of Sleepless, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it, it so. kind of. It, it, just, it just didn't feel right. But um, An American Tale is one of those movies. Oh, God damn it! What's the song from American Tale? Somewhere, out, better. somewhere, somewhere, somewhere out, out there. there. Yeah, yeah, somewhere out there. I think I was 10 when that shit came out, so I was all about it. Like, American Tale was great. And then uh, Five Goes West, not as good. But I'm going to vote for Childhood Nostalgia and just give a little love to an American Tale, even though I did put Joe versus a Volcano on the list. Uh, Pete? Um, yeah, didn't you say that uh, this was Karen's pick? Yes, it is. 
Uh, well, I got to show some geek love to the uh, our female audience members out there, and I'll go with an American Tale. Five will goes west. Uh, vote for an American Tale. Five will goes west. And uh, Michael, uh, this is an interesting fight. Five will goes west is, in my opinion, vastly superior to the first American Tale. It's uh, I think Five will goes west is much more colorful. The voice, the vocal performances are fantastic from John Cleese to Jimmy Stewart. I was actually quite blown away by Five Goes West when I thought, saw it in the theater because it was a really entertaining, very, very funny, and a, and a great kick-ass Western at the same time. Um, it was a very criminally underrated film. However, it's up against one of my favorite films of all time, which is Joe vs. the Volcano. I think this movie is, was criminally misunderstood when it came out. They, everyone wanted to go see a romantic comedy, but what they actually were getting was a fantasy. It's a, it's a, it's the movie is actually pure fantasy in its heart. The opening segment at the, at the office and the, the transition that the character goes through, this is one of the best films that Spielberg has ever produced. Even though you don't feel his influence necessarily, what I give him credit for was believing in that screenplay, which was full of very odd choices and very unique ideas that necessarily would not have flourished under any other producer. He stood by it, he made it, and it's unquestionably the work of another filmmaker who, quite frankly, at that point, may not have been able to make that movie under anybody else. It, uh, so I gotta go with Joe versus the Volcano. A vote for Joe versus the Volcano. Oh, God, I wanna change my vote. Oh, you don't have to. <laughs> I'm changing my vote. Okay. But I, I voted for Five because I thought I was gonna be the only one voting for Five. <laughs> um, but come on yeah. it is james stewart's last appearance and How can it's you great it's that? great no it's great it really is great but fuck oh, joe I've, versus the I've volcano i've never seen it it's a cartoon about mice i don't think i've ever <laughs> voted for a cartoon about mice on this show it's not a cartoon about just a mouse it's a, a no. cartoon about a russian immigrant I mouse i don't care james <laughs> <laughs> stewart joe versus the volcano i mean i i've voted against Joe versus the Volcano because I don't really classify it as a Spielberg movie, but I don't classify the other one as a Spielberg movie either. So, uh, But at least Joe versus the Volcano is an awesome movie. All uh, right. And I thought I would be the only one voting for Fievel. Sometimes it sucks to go first. Yeah. Uh, Joe versus the Volcano. I'm sorry, Karen. It switched back to Joe versus the Volcano. Uh, Joe that, was not, that was not to snatch that away. It was just like yeah, but if it means anything, I wasn't voting against Five Goes West. You all. wait. So you weren't like being facetious. You actually like Five Goes West. I think it's fantastic. I think that movie is a great trip. I I've, I, I pitched that one to anyone who listened to me. I think it's really great. I think it blows the first one out of the water. I don't think it's even close. I think it's much more entertaining. See, it's and I think Karen was great. Wow! Yeah, that's... I think I'm Karen. I'm sorry. The only if it had gone up against practically anything else on this list, I might have been able to vote for it. But I can't go again. Joe doesn't get any love either, and I just I love that movie ever since I first. That saw is it. sorry, Karen. I tried. That is shocking. Um, but we are moving on to our next fight, Josh. This one is yours. This one I personally think is a hard one. It is AI, artificial intelligence versus poltergeist. Uh, I it is kind of hard, but I I don't know what you mean by that. I mean, to me, it's because I was never really big on either of these movies. Um, uh, crap. Um, actually, no. Uh, it is easy. Uh, Poltergeist because AI, although it's pretty solid throughout most of the movie, it suffers from that multiple ending syndrome that everyone complained about. You know, where the movie should have ended like thirty minutes earlier. You know, 
And, you know, every time I see it, I always wonder, like, what would this movie have been like if, if Kubrick had actually made it? You know, would it have been stronger? Because didn't it get a lot of flack when it came out? You know, I'm not sure what its, its critical reception was. I'm going to get to an argument if I start engaging you at this point, so no. <laughs> Okay. Then I'll, I'll just finish up. Yeah, Poltergeist. Oh, vote for Poltergeist. Um, both of these films are amazing. And uh, it wasn't until I actually watched Poltergeist as an adult that I realized how amazing that movie is. Being a PG-13 movie that has the scares that it uh, has. It was, it was PG. Oh, sorry. It PG was? movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PG-13 didn't exist then. It's a PG oh, right. movie. It's, and that dude rips his face off. He rips yeah, his I know. Face off. Yeah, but it, 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 it's not the ripping face off part. It's And that's the part that when I saw it as a kid that stuck with me. Uh, but when I saw it as an adult, it was the, hey, put your kid down this, in the middle of the kitchen. And look, it'll push it across. Like, that is freaky fucking shit. Why the fuck would you stay in that house? Uh, the performances in that movie are really, really good and really, really solid. Um, AI gets a lot of love from us. So I'm going to go with uh, Poltergeist. Uh, Pete. Yeah, I never actually saw AI, so uh, I, I really can't speak about how good it is. So I got to go with Poltergeist, just going for the youth vote. I, I was, remember that movie scared the daylights out of me when I saw it. A uh, vote for Poltergeist, you know, the youth vote. Uh, Mike, uh, sorry, Michael. Uh, um, the Poltergeist is great. Uh, scared the shit out of me, too. I think it's a question got Spielberg's influence. This is a case where Spielberg, his vision was the primary vision on the film. Uh, you can clearly see that this was a situation where he got a director in there to, to manage it and call the shots as far as getting everything done. But overall, this is very much a Spielberg film. And uh, it's great. I mean, I, everything that everyone said about it is great. I have nothing against Poltergeist at all. It's one of the great all-time haunted house movies. It's going up against a film, though, I feel was criminally misunderstood, thrown under every conceivable bus known to man when it first came out, because it wasn't, it was a Spielberg-Kubrick collaboration. Everyone was, oh, it would have been so much better if Kubrick had, had directed it. Uh, no, it wouldn't have, because AI needed to have a heart. Kubrick didn't have a fucking heart. That was what was so great about him. He could stand back coolly and examine stuff from a distance and give you incredible stories at, at a distance with that showed the de-evolution of human existence and that's present in AI but that movie has the who is kind of creepy in the film Spielberg doesn't over sentimentalize that kid he, he is really kind of odd and the, the, it's not he's not played for you know like cute seeds there's, there's something very unnatural about him and the movie ends I think exactly where it needs to on a very strange, eerie, unsettling note. And anyone who says that it ends with a, uh, you know, oh, typical Spielberg happy ending. Yeah, yeah. Well, for those of you who haven't seen it, Pete, shut your ears. Uh, it ends with a boy robot lying in bed with his soon-to-be-dead recreated mother when humanity has all been completely destroyed and wiped itself out. And all that's left are the creations that we made and a teddy bear that's probably going to sit there for the rest of its life wondering what the fuck is going on. It is not a happy ending. This is a great, great, ambitious film that I think in 25 years is going to be looked back as the Blade Runner of its particular time. So, sorry, Poltergeist. I'm going with a pity vote for AI. It may not be a pity vote. A uh, vote for AI. Mike. 
Uh, this is really tough. Um, I like both movies uh, a lot. Both are, are great examples of of, uh, of their genre. Uh, in the end, I think Poltergeist is, is a more enjoyable movie, uh, especially because it does come from a particular time in my life. Um, and it's certainly, it's a Spielberg movie all the way. But I just keep, I mean, I'm, I'm another one of those people who really does like AI a lot. And I, and I agree. I agree with like everything pretty much has been said about both movies. Um, in the end, you know, one of them is on my, my shelf, one of them isn't. And the one that's on my shelf is AI. So I guess, I guess that's how I've already voted. A uh, vote for AI, and um, I, you know, I love Poltergeist, especially seeing it as an adult. But goddamn it, Michael, you did sway the fuck out of me with that. Uh, you're you're absolutely right. Without without Spielberg, that movie has no heart, and it haps it, it doesn't work without heart. Uh, you have to have heart for that film. So I will switch my vote to AI, and AI wow. is moving on. We are on to our next fight. This fight is yours, Damon. Oh, that's me. It is Super 8 versus <laughs> the color purple. Um, I'm a black person. I will say it over and over again. I have seen the color purple one too many times. My mother is a little overbearing. You probably heard it in the last episode um, or two episodes ago. Uh, and we, we, we would have to watch that once every six months or so. Not have to. It was mom controlled the TV. If you wanted to watch TV, we're watching color purple because it's on. And it's a fantastic film with fantastic performances from Oprah Winfrey, Danny Glover, and Whoopi Goldberg. They, they are amazing. I've just seen it too much. And uh, Super 8, I like Super 8 a lot. So I'm going to be voting for uh, Super 8. Pete? Um, yeah, who would have thought that uh, we would have had these two come up against each other? Not me. Um, I got to go with Super Eight. I haven't. I haven't actually seen either one of these movies, but to, I found Super Eight to be a more interesting plot for me. And Pete doesn't like black people. Uh, Michael. <laughs> oh, so that's going to play out. Okay. All right. Um, I, I like Super Eight a lot. Too. I just Super want to put it on record that I did not say that. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that uh, Super 8 is a, uh, a very entertaining film also. J.J. Abrams doing a very deliberate Spielberg homage in a film that Spielberg produced. So it can't help but feel almost like a quintessential Spielberg film at times. I think the movie loses steam at the end, though. At the last 20 minutes of the film didn't really satisfy me very much. And at the end... The Color Purple is a film I've seen a bunch of times, too. It was actually, I, li I was living in North Carolina in Charlotte at the time they made that movie. And my choir teacher is in the film. She, uh, she got a role as one of the, uh, in, the in the church scene. And uh, it was always really cool that she was talking about how it was being made and what Spielberg was like on the set. Because they shot it right like an hour from my house. And it's a very ambitious film. Like we talk about stepping out of your wheelhouse. I mean, this was... Spielberg coming off of Temple of Doom and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and E.T. and E.T. picks something like this. The performances in the movie are still uh, legendarily great from everybody. I mean, that entire cast 
It dips into some rather precious kind of gone with the wind kind of territory. I'm not sure the operatic approach he took was necessarily the best at times, but it's still a, a truly ambitious film worthy of discussion. And uh, going up against something kind of, I don't want to say simple, but you know, kind of not nearly as uh, uh, ambitious, I think I have to go for The Color Purple. A vote for The Color Purple. Mike? Uh, I'm going to vote for Super 8 um, because it is not just a Spielberg-produced movie. It is not just in the style of Spielberg. It is a movie that's basically about us. Um, It's a movie about a bunch of geeks. Um, It's a movie about, I mean, at least for me, time-wise... Uh, people who grew up at that time. Uh, I mean, it was J.J. Abrams' love letter uh, to basically the same childhood that I had. And, uh, you know, the the posters on the wall, some people on this panel are very critical of because of their technical inaccuracy, because we all, so many of us kind of lived that. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. And uh, And, you know, just on a very personal note, it's very much a father and son movie, and I saw the movie on Father's Day with my daddy. So I'm voting for Super 8. Uh, vote for Super 8. And Josh? Uh, I haven't seen Super 8. Um, I've heard a lot of people talk about it. Uh, hasn't it got like a kind of mixed bag of criticism, like either love it or hate it, kind of like, um, what's that movie, most, Sucker Punch? Most- well, most people seem to like it. I don't think it engendered a lot of like classic reviews. It, does. Like, it, the best. it went very far on uh, Best Summer 2011 Geek Fight movie. And and uh, Elle, Elle Fanning has uh, probably, uh, that, that's the, the performance that people are going to point back at when she's winning yeah. her Oscars because she does an amazing job in that movie. She but, is. She's really. I mean, that's the one they're gonna say. Oh, Al Fanning. But I remember all her. the kids did a very good job. And I and I. Well, they did. No, they all that did. I don't yeah, like they... kids in movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> still, I haven't seen it. You wait till um, short round, baby. Ah, oh, short round's awesome. But um, I'm gonna have to give it up for the color purples because listen, you guys talk about it um, makes me want to see it because I haven't seen it yet. And I wish it was on Netflix streaming because I put it in my queue, but it's not. So, Color Purple. Uh, vote for Color Purple. Yeah, it, it is a film that everybody should probably see at least once, maybe twice, not more than that. But Super 8 is moving on. We are on to our next fight. Uh, Pete, this one is yours. This is the oh, oddest matchup on the list. <laughs> what the fuck is It this? is Schindler's <laughs> List versus Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Okay, well, this one is actually fairly easy for me because uh, I have not actually seen Schindler's List, so I'm voting for Roger Rabbit. What, why are you even on this panel? Uh, vote for Roger Rabbit. Go ahead, Michael. You haven't seen Schindler's List. I had no desire to see it. The subject matter did not interest me whatsoever. Um, okay, yeah, Schindler's List is, uh, is brilliant and... Uh, Major milestone for talking to your microphone there, Michael. I am talking into my microphone. Can you not hear me? Hello. It just sounded like you. Yeah, you just sounded like you were moving away. Oh, Schindler's List is uh, Schindler's List is is definitely one of Spielberg's high points. I mean, it was a major 
major breakthrough for him. Uh, it, he stripped away a lot of the uh, tricks he'd been relying on for many years and told a very, very straightforward and very harrowing story. Uh, you know, during a subject that was obviously very close to his heart, he actually acquired the rights to that movie years before he actually made it because he knew he wasn't ready to make it yet. And, uh, I mean, so much has been said about it, it's almost not really worth going back into again because it would take so long. However, and this is strange, I'm going to vote for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And the reason I'm waiting for voting for that one is, again, it's very much a Zemeckis film, but I can sense Spielberg's joy, and he's the only producer I know, the only producer at that time or that place or any other place who could have managed to corral Walt Disney Warner Brothers and MGM to all pull their cartoon characters into one place at one time. I don't think there's any other producer with the clout or the ability to make Walt Disney and Warner Brothers actually talk, a, talk to one another and be allowed Daffy Duck and Donald Duck to have a dueling piano scene in the same fucking movie. Uh, that to me is, is, I don't know how the hell they pulled that off. And it, it has to have been Spielberg because no one else at that time could have possibly made that happen because that just just that that's something you dream about happening, which you never actually think is going to come to fruition. And it's just it's a marvelous movie. It's Chinatown meets uh, uh, Tom and Jerry and Warner Brothers cartoons. I mean, it's just an amazing accomplishment, and it still holds up to this day. It's also a wonderful period piece as well. So, without it being actually against Schindler's List, because you can't argue against it, I'm going. I'm going for Roger Rabbit. A vote for Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Mike. Um, you know, this, this kind of sucks because, um, I'm voting for who framed Roger Rabbit, which of course is going to make you accuse me of, uh, anti-Semitism again. Well, not me. No, no, Damon. Damon. No, no, actually, no, I'm not. I, 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 I truly believe that us as a panel, we both, we don't, we all don't like black people or Jewish people, so <laughs> it's fine. Um, but that's that. That's not uh, why I'm I'm voting for Roger Rabbit, and I actually am t voting against Schindler's List for for one reason, and it's kind of a weird grudge that Spielberg was a great director. And you know he color color purple was nominated for a shitload of Oscars. Spielberg did not get nominated for best director. I believe I'm correct, Michael. That is that is correct. Uh, an amazing director that could not get taken seriously. Um, and, and and not I mean he was he was hugely successful. I'm sure there's tremendous amount of jealousy. The fact that he got uh, was so successful doing genre work. Uh, a lot of directors who become famous for their genre work, when they do regular dramatic work, they don't really get the respect that they deserve. So Spielberg had to basically, uh, it was the go-to. It's like if you're an actor and you want an Oscar, you have to play someone uh, with a mental illness or an illness or something. And it's like, well, if they're not taking me seriously, uh, you have to, that's the subject. You go to the Holocaust and that the weight of that subject sort of forces it. It's the same thing that happened with Mouse. Even though there were a lot of great comic books uh, prior to that, adult-oriented comic books, uh, intelligent comic books, political comic books, nobody took it seriously until someone tackled the Holocaust. And because that's become kind of a go-to subject for no one's taking me seriously, uh, I'll just go to this subject matter, and I think that's kind of ridiculous, and this is, this is an example of that prejudice. Um, 
and, and that really bothers me a lot. Plus, everything that Michael said about uh, about uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you know, I don't even think Spielberg, I don't think anybody could get them to do that now. No, uh, probably not. So, but no. even then, it, it's still miraculous. And it was just, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I hate I hate to, to kind of be a, a dick about it, but I know which one I would pop in now if I had to choose. Uh, well, yeah, I, I would be I mean, satisfied never to see Schindler's List again. <laughs> Sorry, but you know, Roger Rabbit. That's that's see, why. I now go see this movies. is where I'm going to accuse you of anti-Semitism. No, I think Mike's absolutely fair. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, when was the know, last time you fell in the mood to watch fucking Schindler's List? Anyway. Can we move on, Mike? No, we cannot move on. Oh, go just, ahead. I've you, cast my vote. Your vote is clearly for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Josh? Uh, yeah, this is the oddest fight, but um, it's pretty easy for me. Roger Rabbit. I never want to watch Sandler's List. That movie's depressing as all hell. Uh, Roger Rabbit is fun, and Bob Hoskins is awesome in it. I'm still waiting for them to make a sequel to it that they <sighs> talked about. Um, they could. <laughs> you can't make a sequel to Sandler's List. You could try, but... Uh, I wouldn't want to see it. So, Roger Rabbit. A vote for Roger Rabbit. I don't want to be the asshole that makes it a clean sweep for Roger Rabbit. <laughs> but you're going to do it, aren't you? I don't want to. Like, But you're going to do it, aren't you? Well, you're, I've never seen Schindler's List because the subject matter has absolutely nothing to do with me. Um, I'm, I'm not Jewish. Um, I get bitched at for saying that, and everybody else gets nothing for it. No, I, it, it's true. It's truly what it is. It has nothing to do with me. I have no connection with it. And I've seen uh, some some movies, like uh, a so brilliant you, one. So you are a cartoon rabbit. Yeah, but <laughs> cartoons are cartoons. Um, the, the Holocaust. I've seen it tackled by different people. Uh, you know, I actually like the the boy in the uh, striped pajamas a lot. I think that's actually my all time favorite Holocaust movie. And uh, Liam Neeson isn't Liam Neeson Schindler, right? Yes, yeah. he is. Um, I like crazy Liam Neeson. I don't like uh, doing respectable work, Liam Neeson. So he is good at making lists. Uh, he's great at making lists. <laughs> but I'm going to make it a clean sweep for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And we're going to move on to our next fight. That is awesome. That's a shame. Uh, uh, Michael, this one is yours. It is Munich versus the Mask of Zorro. That last fight, I think, make it us all listen to by the FBI for the rest of our lives. Um, anyway, uh, Munich is uh, one of Spielberg's more recent dramatic efforts. That's uh, you know, about the assassination of the athletes and the revenge that Israel takes against that. Very well made movie. I, I, it's uh, um, again in the Schindler's List vein, but it uh, it actually plays out more like a spy thriller, and it's it's very very effective. I'm going to vote for Mask of Zorro, though, because the reason is I, I wasn't really looking forward to Mask of Zorro when I went and saw it. It had gone through a number of directors, and at that point, it had gotten assigned to Martin Campbell, who was coming off of a James Bond movie I didn't really care for. And I was just like, I don't know if this is going to be very good, and I have never been a big Zorro guy. But that movie blew me away. It was so much fun, so well cast. Banderas and, and Catherine Zeta-Jones just were like, there was like lightning shooting off of each of those people in that movie. Uh, Hopkins was great, even though I was like, am I really going to buy him as a Mexican? Well, fuck me, he sold it. I don't know how he did. 
the action in the movie is, is absolutely spectacular, and it just it really was a it was, it was a real surprise. And I was I walked out of that movie and it just was such a great mood because it it captured everything that Zorro should be and very rarely was in a lot of the older serials and TV shows. It was uh, it was great. It was just again it was. Wasn't ex- my expectations were pretty low, and it just blew the doors off the joint, and it, it was really great. So I'm going to go with Mask of Zorro. A vote for Mask of Zorro, Mike. Um, actually, Michael made this very easy for me because basically everything he said, uh, the opposite. <laughs> I hate that Zorro movie. It's a terrible interpretation of Zorro. I think it's sad that that's the one that people remember. Banderas was laughable. Uh, it's terrible. I absolutely hate that movie and its sequel. And uh, I love Munich. So, Munich. A vote for Munich. Josh. Yeah, uh, the Zorro the Gay Blade is the one I key on with George Hamilton. Um, oh, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> that movie's cool. Anyway, okay. um, uh, I think I saw The Mask of Zorro. I didn't see the sequel. I thought The Mask of Zorro was, was all right. It's a popcorn movie. Um, but. I think I only saw it once. I haven't seen Munich, but I really want to see it. So I'm going to give my vote to Munich because I want to see it. A vote to Munich. Um, Wow. Do I say it now or do I wait until the votes are cast? I'll say it now. So the last three fights, we've upset the black people. Uh, then we upset <laughs> Jewish folks. And to appease the Jewish people, we're going to upset the uh, Hispanics. It's a, it's a lovely like trilogy Dude, you lined up there, Mike. Hispanics like that movie. <laughs> They love Zorro. <laughs> I don't. You are one-eighth Hispanic. Uh, um, yeah, I they like were the, happy about casting a British man as a Mexican. No, they were not. Um, I, I, They could have cast a British man in Zorro, though. Yeah, I, I like... Um, I, I, I saw Munich. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, I I do I saw Mask of Zorro. I, I actually watched uh, most of Mask of Zorro a couple weeks ago. So I I guess I'll I'll give it to Mask of Zorro because I can still watch that movie. Munich Munich just didn't feel right to me. So I'm gonna go Mask of Zorro. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Pete. Which kind of racist are you? <laughs> well, nice way to put that. That was great. Yeah, if you're if you vote against Munich, you're uh, back to being an anti-Semite. I vote for Star Trek because that encompasses all uh, races. Um, Except for Hispanics. <laughs> and the True. gays. Uh, George Takai is gay. Gays aren't racist. That's true, Mike. Anyway, um, <laughs> I actually really, I was not looking, I also was not looking forward to The Mask of Zorro, and I found it to be quite the swashbuckling adventure. I found it funny. I thought the scenes, the fight scenes were extremely well done overall. Um, and, and I just found it to be a very rollicking ride. So I have to go with Mask of Zorro. And Mask of Zorro takes the win. <laughs> we are on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. This is an easy one. It's Jaws versus Young Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, like I'm not going to vote for the shark, Jaws. I think everybody's going to vote for the shark. I'll vote for Jaws. Josh. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Everyone's going to vote for Jaws. So I'm going to I'm going to give a vote to Sherlock Holmes. Who directed that? That wasn't Spielberg. Was Christopher it? Columbus. Are you serious? Yeah. It was Barry. No, it was Barry. It was Barry Levinson. Yeah, it was a British production. Was it? I, I thought it was Columbus. Columbus wrote it. Columbus wrote. Oh, okay. 
Well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give that a not so much a pity vote, but I, I do want to give it some love because I think it's 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 underrated. It, it I don't. I don't even remember when it came out, like 88 or something. I don't remember being in uh, 85. It was 1985. It's a pretty, it's a pretty solid flick with some, some good performances and some cool special effects. They had that, the, that effect with the stained glass night. Um, I mean, Jaws is Jaws. I mean, it's awesome, but nah, you know, I think Sherlock Holmes needs a little love. So Sherlock Holmes. I'll vote for Sherlock Holmes. Uh- I've never seen young Sherlock Holmes, nor do I care to. I've seen Jaws, uh, and 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 you guys voted for Gremlin Two a little bit. I'm going to vote for Jaws 3D on this one, so I'm voting for Jaws. <laughs> um, All right, as long as it's not Jaws Four. Um, yeah, I I've seen both these movies several times, and I have to say, um, being a fan of the Sherlock Holmes stories, and I found young Sherlock Holmes to be absolutely wonderful uh, when I was uh, in my youth. Um, Jaws, eh. You got a crappy special effects shark. The performances were really solid, but I gotta go with young Sherlock Holmes. A vote for young Sherlock Holmes. It is all tied up. What? And it comes down to (laughs) you there, Michael. Which one takes the win? You know, it's funny. I just saw young Sherlock Holmes for the first time in probably like 30 or 25 years or whatever. Uh, about two weeks ago, it was on, I think in Net- it was on Netflix or somewhere I was watching. I was like, oh, young Sherlock Holmes. And I was reminded of the fact that um, that movie bored the shit out of me. Uh, it's, it, it's very handsomely produced and it's got great cast, but it's kind of like a, it's like a big, beautiful car and you open up the hood and there's no engine in it. And it's just like, oh, well, it looks nice, but it doesn't really do anything. And it's up against fucking Jaws. Jaws. Yeah. I I wrote down Jaws before we started this fight, thinking it would move (laughs) on easily. Uh, But we're on to our next fight. Josh, this one is yours. It is Minority Report versus Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Uh, You know, um, I mentioned it earlier. I I really like Temple of Doom. It was the one that I keyed on when I was a kid. Um, I'm not dismissing any of the other ones, but... Temple of Doom was just the one that was just on more often, and it had short round in it, had a kid, and I could relate to it. So it was kind of my favorite for a while. Um, even going back and looking at it, um, I, I don't know if it really holds up. Um, some of it's, I think it does kind of go a little bit dark in the end. A Maybe little, a little too dark. A little too dark. Fucking dark. I was actually quite surprised. I went back and watched it a couple of months ago, and I was like, wow, this this movie really does tilt the balance a little more unevenly. But, uh, um, minor part was really good though, so but it's hard to vote against it. But for yeah, for nostalgia, I'll, I'll give it to Temple of Doom. I'll vote for Temple of Doom. Uh, Minority Report is actually a fabulous movie. I actually really do enjoy it. It's one of those things where every time I, I like Tom Cruise, it's it's very hard not to like Tom Cruise. Um, did Tom, you call it fabulous because of Tom Cruise? No, I did not. He's not going to see us because of that. Fuck that. Uh, no, I, I. It's just it's Tom Cruise, and Tom Cruise is fun. Tom Cruise makes fun movies, and Spielberg makes fun movies. So you put them together with a movie, and they're going to make a really fun movie movie and it's a good it's a decent science fiction movie i like it a lot but um i'm gonna say it i'm gonna go all the way back to episode four 
No time for love, Dr. Jones. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Fucking short round is the shit, man. This is my Indiana Jones. This is the one I love. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Mootherum, Soothrum, or whatever the fuck he said. I did it to all of my younger siblings and cousins and pretended to rip out their heart and freaked <laughs> them out. My older brother did that to me, too. I yeah. love Temple of I can really shake my hand fast, too. It was great. Um, so I'm going to go with Temple of Doom. Pete. Um, yeah, this was actually kind of an easy one for me. Uh, I, Minority Report, I thought was an okay movie, but I cannot stand Tom Cruise. Um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, I thought was the weakest three, but I would still rather watch that than another Tom Cruise movie ever again. So I'm going with Temple of Doom. Uh, vote for (laughs) Temple of Doom. Michael. Mind you, I'm only voting for Temple of Doom because I hate Tom Cruise. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Um, I think Minority Report is, is is great. I think it came during a really interesting period in Spielberg's career. Right after AI, he was experimenting kind of in darker areas than he was normally used to. And I, I, this is a, an excellent adaptation. Another great Philip K. Dick story, you know, adapted for the screen. But when it comes to Temple of Doom, I've always loved Temple of Doom. And one of the reasons I've always loved Temple of Doom is that it wasn't Raiders of the Lost Ark. It took the Indiana Jones character and went a completely different direction with it. They didn't feel the need at that point to go back and try to recapture what they did in the last movie. Temple of Doom is is basically King Solomon's Minds. He went for a much different type of feel. It's very dark at times. And I love Short Round. The reason I love Short Round, yes, he's annoying. He's got little catchphrases at times. But the fucking kid is useful. He actually gets shit done and actually bails Indiana Jones' ass out a few times. He actually is not someone that he has to keep getting dragged around. He actually is pretty fucking resourceful, and you got at least got at least give him that. Kate Capshaw's character is a weakness. I never bought Indiana Jones' attraction to her because she's so annoying. I'll leave that aside. The villain is really great. He's not Belloc, but he's you know just looking at the guy. You're scared shitless of him, and uh, it's it. I think Temple of Doom deserves a lot more love than it gets, especially from the people who made it, who have been apologizing for it ever since. And I wish they'd fucking stop because out of the three Indiana Jones movies, it's, I think, one of the best ones. I like how you said three. There are four of them. There Um, are only three. (laughs) A vote for Temple of Doom and Mike. Uh, There was only one Indiana Jones movie. Um, But I'm going to vote for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom because Short Round is awesome. Yes. Uh, oh, I, w- I thought I was going to get to say you portrayed Shiva. <laughs> I, I don't remember the whole line. <laughs> Shiva, eh, Katio. Like you betrayed Shiva. Shiva betrayed you. Like when he, he's when he keeps saying it over and over again. That fuck it. Uh, Temple of Doom <laughs> is moving on, and we are on to our next fight. It's me, Mario. It is Jurassic Park versus War of the Worlds. Um. Jurassic Park is one of Spielberg's best movies versus War of the Worlds, which is one of his worst, at least in my personal opinion. Uh, War of the Worlds, uh, I don't know. They did everything wrong in that movie, at least for me. Like, everything they could do wrong, they did do wrong. And it just it they, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't... It tries too hard. Um, Jurassic Park is just Jurassic Park. Plus, it's got Samuel L. Jackson getting eaten by fucking raptors. I, I got to go with that. Uh, Pete. Oh, 
Uh, this is actually an easy one for me because I really enjoy Jurassic Park. I'm not voting against War of the Worlds in this case because of Tom Cruise. Uh, I just think the movie overall was, uh, aside from some flashy special effects, um, nothing major. Um, and there were just too many inconsistencies in it. Uh, so, uh, Jurassic Park. A vote for Jurassic Park. Michael. Probably would have voted for Jurassic Park anyway, because, I mean, you talk about a, a memorable theater-going experience. I mean, that was a game-changer. Being in that audience when those first dinosaurs first show up and you see them, it's like, wow. But when the Tyrannosaurus sequence came on, all I remember is after that sequence was over and they cut back to the control room, you heard the entire audience, myself included, go, oh, shit, god damn. I mean, it was like, you could, I mean, it was nothing, we'd never seen anything like that before. It was, uh, it was just absolutely amazing. War of the Worlds is the third in what I call Spielberg's sort of a post-apocalyptic, kind of non-apocalyptic trilogy, but sort of his leaner, meaner sci-fi period after AI, Minority Report, and then this one. I think it's a very effective film that is completely and utterly destroyed by me in the last few minutes of the picture, where he commits an absolute betrayal and somehow manages to tell the audience... You know, all that hard-earned, you know, everything, people really die in this movie, there's consequences. Well, it turns out, as long as you're related to Tom Cruise, uh, you can survive a nuclear fucking holocaust that you just ran into, and your entire fucking family tree will be okay, and waiting for you when you get to the one neighborhood in town that the aliens apparently didn't feel like destroying. It was such a complete slap in the face that it left such a bad taste in my mouth. Um, I have been unable to really revisit that movie properly since. Uh, it's it's it was everything that everyone just says is negative about Spielberg. He copped to his own worst instincts and completely fucked his own movie. So I would vote. I'm voting again. This is I would vote for Jurassic Park normally anyway. But this consider this a vote against the last five minutes of War of the Worlds. Yeah, that that is that is probably the reason why I dislike it. Uh, Mike, uh, I have to to disagree about War of the Worlds. I mean, I I guess it's a matter of expectations. You know, you were talking about uh, betrayal. Well, I I did not expect uh, that that I guess I did not expect that kind of dark ending that you that you did. I mean, it, I went into this thinking it was a Spielberg movie. It's going to go dark and it's going to end with a happy ending. And and in Spielberg's world, surviving just merely surviving an alien invasion is not happy ending enough. So uh, I mean, there are other problems with the movie, um, and and it is it is certainly uh, overdone. But uh, I, I I never thought the the death of the of the son. I mean, I, I I never would have thought that he died. I think Spielberg would have milked a death scene like that, not just have someone die off camera in a flash. Um, but it's up against Jurassic Park, so you know Jurassic Park's going to win. Another vote for Jurassic Park. And Josh, is it a clean sweep? Uh, I'll get conscience. I can't. Um, I don't like Jurassic Park. I never have. Um, it's boring. Uh, and I don't really like War of the Worlds either. <laughs> but it's, um, I don't know. If both were on, I think I'd watch War of the Worlds. So I guess I'll just vote for that, even though I don't really like it that much. A vote for War of the Worlds. But Jurassic Park is moving on. And we are in our final fight of the first round. Uh, it is an unknown fight. Pete, 
This one is yours. <laughs> it is Sugarland Express versus Jarrett's pick. And uh, he, he, he teased me for a second with deep, deep impact, but he came up with used cars is the only Spielberg topless boobies for laughs and not all that dramatic and shit movie. That's, <laughs> that's what he sent me in text movie. So a text movie, text message. So it is used cars. Wow. Um. Uh, well, used cars had uh, Kurt Russell, as I recall. Yeah. Um, and when you partner up Kurt Russell and boobies, uh, you got to go for the for the for that one. So, used cars. Oh, vote for used cars, Michael. Um. Well, that's interesting that used cars would make it on there. Great film. Uh, but that one's really that again. This kind of goes back to the Back to the Future argument. That one is quintessentially Zemeckis and Gale. I don't feel Spielberg in that movie at all. I mean, he may have produced it, but I, I that one feels like his name is on it, but it's not really. It's kind of like a. I wouldn't want to compare it to Transformers, but I don't feel Spielberg when I watch Used Cars. I just see Zemeckis the entire run. Great black comedy, wonderful film. Sugarland Express never gets mentioned, never gets brought up. Everyone seems to forget about it. That is a terrific little movie. I, I watched it about a year and a half ago, and it is beautifully acted and shot, really emotional. It's, it's kind of like a Bonnie and Clyde kind of thing, but not nearly as, first of all, it doesn't end as badly. But it, uh, it, it's just got some of the best, one of Goldie Hawn's best performances. William Atherton gives a great performance in that. And it doesn't get any love. No one ever really talks about Sugarland Express, and it deserves a lot more attention than a film that Spielberg produced, but he wasn't really the auteur of. And as much as I love used cars, uh, so I'm going with Sugarland Express. I'll vote for Sugarland Express, Mike. Uh, I've never seen Sugarland Express. Uh, I've seen used cars. I like used cars. Uh, I like Kurt Russell. I like boobies. So used cars. <laughs> Uh, vote for used cars. Josh. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen Sugarland Express either, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. I heard it uh, was critically acclaimed, but didn't do too well. Same thing for used cars. It didn't do too well either. But um, I want to see both. Um, but I'm going to give my vote to used cars because it has Kurt Russell, and Kurt Russell was in Captain Ron, playing Captain Ron, and I love Captain Ron. Uh, vote for used cars. And uh, what? Nothing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, the uh, fact that I brought up Captain Ron? What? No, 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 no. It's just that the reasoning behind some of these votes is... <laughs> oh, it, it doesn't really matter too much on this one, because whatever moves on, which is probably going to be... Well, it's going to be used cars. It's going up against Jurassic Park, and I, I, I would vote for Jurassic Park over both used cars and Sugarland Express. Uh, I, I, yeah, some, some of these are just picking fodder. Yeah, there's a little bit of picking fodder on this. I take everything seriously. Yeah, we know. A little too seriously. But used cars is moving on. I did vote for it, too. Uh, we'll be back right after this, if you're still listening. The Oscar goes to, this is a big surprise, yes. Steven Spielberg for Civil War.
Let me just start by saying that this never could have happened, this never could have gotten started without a survivor named Poldek Pfefferberg, who Oskar Schindler saved from Auschwitz, from Belsen. He's the man, he's the man who talked Thomas Keneally into writing the book. I owe him such a debt, all of us owe him such a debt. He has carried the story of Oskar Schindler to all of us, a complete, a man of complete obscurity who makes us wish and hope for Oskar Schindler's in all of our lives. I have to thank, I want to thank Sid Scheinberg for giving me the book. Thank you, Sid. I want to, th um, I want to st thank Steve Zalian for a screenplay of inordinate restraint. I have great actors in this movie. Liam, thank you. Rafe, thank you. Ben Kingsley, thank you. I want to thank my wife, who's here with me tonight, for rescuing me 92 days in a row in Krakow, Poland last winter, when things got just too unbearable. And my mom, who's here, who is my lucky charm, whom I love very, very much. And to the six million who, who can't be watching this among the one billion watching this telecast tonight. Thank you. In Chicago, join Geek Fights Live on a special mission at C2E2. C2E2, C2E2, C2E2. Investigate all Geek Fights Live shows, meetups, and hangouts. Your mission will be to rendezvous with your favorite Geek Fights hosts. Damon Shaw. Hesscraft. Brian Townsend. And Geek Fights, most talented, most handsome, guest panelist, Alan. And what Geek Fights live event could be complete without the shark? Like our tease, bitches? For further intelligence, monitor all Geek Fights episodes. Imperative information can also be found at geekfights.net and c2e2.com. We'll see you in Chicago at this year's C2E2.
This is Ken Banks from Ken'sTools.com. For some of the best handmade sculpting tools on the market today, visit Ken'sTools.com. And you're listening to Geek Fights. And we're back doing what we do every week, coming at you with a little uh, Jarrett Formby, or trade for it, Mark Jarrett Formby geek cred. Um, let's see. Let's start with you, Michael. What is your geek cred, sir? I own and operate Redshirt Pictures, which produces DVD documentaries, featurettes, and commentaries for a wide variety of horror-related releases, such as The Monster Squad, Night of the Creeps, Night of the Living Dead, and The Texas Chainsaw Massacre Parts 1 and 2. For more information on my website, go to uh, redshirtpictures.com, or you can email me at mfelsher at redshirtpictures.com. I don't give a fuck. Let's move on to the next goddamn thing.com. Mr. Pete Lucas. Uh, well, as frequent listeners know, I'm a third-generation geek. I learned to read on comic books. Um, I sell action figures, comic books, and collectibles on eBay, and uh, I enjoy movies. Rock and roll, and Josh. I love that Michael has his uh, geek cred down to a science. It's pretty awesome. Um, I, uh... I'm just a big nerd. I also have uh, two other podcasts. Uh, where one I do fan commentaries, and the other um, were uh, called the Delta Quadrants, where I actually review episodes of Star Trek Voyager every week. So, yeah, I guess that qualifies me as a nerd, as a geek. So there you go. And uh, most of this panel was on one recently. Yeah, that's right. You know, by the time this airs, uh, by the time this is up, um, look for it. So, uh, we uh, did a commentary for Star Trek Three. So, cool yeah. stuff. Yep, all the cool panelists were on there. Sorry, Pete. Yeah, we damn well were. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> okay, calm down, Pete. Uh, we're, we're we're jumping back into our fights, Michael. This one is yours. It is ET versus Catch Me If You Can. Well, as you would expect, more go down, more difficult it's starting to get. But here's the thing: I don't. Maybe I don't see. I don't see ET going all the way. Or I don't know what it is. But I love ET. There's nothing I have to say about it against ET. It's a milestone. It was a deeply personal work for Spielberg and his shows. Um, I'll go with the film that I don't think has gotten nearly enough attention, and I think shows a different side of him. They're both very playful films. But I think Catch Me If You Can has just, for some reason, people have written it off, and I don't understand what that is. It is, again, one of those films that uh, deserved a lot better than it got. Um, I think Damon has a point, I think, because it was coming out at the end of the year, and it was Tom Hanks and DiCaprio. People went, oh, well, here, and Spielberg is like, oh, here we go, Oscar bait. The movie's not Oscar bait even in the slightest, which is, I, I think I wish it had been more of a summer movie than a Christmas movie. Um, so I'm going to go with the, it's just as ambitious in its own way as E.T., but it doesn't, hasn't gotten the love. And I don't think E.T. needs any more love than it's already gotten. So go on with Catch Me If You Can. Uh, vote for Catch Me If You Can. Mike? Uh, I, I love Catch Me If You Can. I, I agree with uh, all the praise that it's, it's gotten here tonight. I'm glad. Uh, I, I believe I put it on this list, and it is one of my, my favorite Spielberg movies. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with E.T., um, it is, it is a high watermark. I mean, it is, it is that, that arc from, you know, Jaws to Close Encounters to, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark to E.T. I mean, it was really just, this is the dawn of what we really, really consider Spielberg. I mean, it's got the, the kids, it's, it's happier, uh, for better or worse. I mean, it's just much more, 
uh, a signature movie. As much as I love Catch Me If You Can, I think it's a fantastic movie. And honestly, if it was on cable right now, I'd be more likely to watch it, uh, primarily because I've seen E.T. so many times. So it may get uh, a lot of love, but uh, it is entirely deserved. I'll vote for E.T. Josh? Um, pretty easy. I'm going to go with Catch Me If You Can. Um, as I said before, I think it's underrated. I think E.T. has gotten enough praise over the years. It's still a quality. Like, it's awesome. But I think Catch Me If You Can, um, I think that's probably one of DiCaprio's best performances, along with The Aviator. I don't know why Hollywood refuses to give this guy an Oscar. Um, he definitely should have gotten one for The Aviator. He was awesome in that. Um, I, wish that was, I wish that was a Spielberg movie so we could vote for it, but it's not. So Catch Me If You Can. Uh, another vote for Catch Me If You Can. Um, both of these movies are true stories, but um, E.T. terrified me as a child. Um, true stories? What? Wait. Yeah, E.T. is totally a true story. So, so Catch okay. Me If You Can. I knew a kid who knew a kid in Reseda who knew a guy who this happened to. Yeah, everyone exactly. knows a guy who knew a guy whose third cousin twice removed did something. Exactly. Alien, uh, alien abductions and aliens getting drunk on beer. It happens all the time. And like I said before, E.T. is the first horror movie I ever saw because I was four. <laughs> and uh, it, it still has that little terrifying twinge to it. And there's nothing wrong with E.T. It deserves all the praise that it gets, but Catch me if you can is 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 more fun for me. I do like I I like when when you get DiCaprio and Hanks being near the top of their game in that movie, and they are near the top of their game. I wouldn't say they're at the top of their game, but they're really really close to it. And the relationship, the father son relationship that they develop dur- throughout that movie, I, I like a lot. So I'm gonna go with uh, Catch Me If You Can. Um, Pete. Ah, well. Um, I, I did enjoy both these movies, although I saw E.T. when I was a lot younger, but um, I, I did really enjoy Catch Me If You Can as an adult when I saw it, and uh, I, I, I was actually quite surprised it wasn't a movie that I actually particularly wanted to go see, but um, I wound up getting dragged along, and surprisingly, I, I enjoyed, really enjoyed the heck out of it, so I got to go with Catch Me If You Can. And catch me if you can is moving on. We are on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. Uh, I think it's an easy one for you. It's Raiders of the Lost Ark versus Saving Private Ryan. Uh, Saving Private Ryan has a a really amazing, um, game-changing, powerful, gripping, remarkable beginning. And then it spends the rest of the movie trying hard to live up to that and I think failing Raiders of the Lost Ark has an amazing game changing definitive action packed amazing beginning and then spends the rest of the movie topping it so Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, vote for Raiders Josh um, yeah I'm going to vote for Raiders uh, you said something earlier Damon about it kind of being a love letter to the veterans uh, Saving Pride Ryan anyway but it is it is a really good movie and it, a lot of intense sequences and uh, really well made. But Raiders is a game changer, you know. It was a blockbuster. It brought Harrison Ford into the spotlight again, gave us an iconic character in the movie mainstay. So can't really argue against that. I mean, it's it's Indiana Jones, man. So Raiders. Uh, vote for Raiders. Um, Saving Private Ryan 
is a movie where Tom Hanks dies, and not of old age. He fucking dies in that movie. And they were able to keep the fact that Matt Damon was in the movie out of the press, that Matt Damon was saving Private Ryan. Spoiler alert, um, I like that movie a lot. Uh, I, I have nothing against Raiders of the Lost Ark, I, 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 but I'm pretty sure Raiders is going to move on. So I'm, I'm going to give a little bit more love to Saving Private Ryan because it, it is one of those World War II movies that you watch and go, fuck, that's how bad it was? I, I think without Saving Private Ryan, you don't get Band of Brothers, which is an amazing show, or The Pacific, which was also really, really good. So... Uh, I'm going to go with Saving Private Ryan. Pete? Um, didn't Band of Brothers come out before uh, Saving uh, Private Ryan, I thought? No, it's no, all after. It was, after. It, was, it, was, it was right after. Okay. Um, well, I don't want to... Uh, I'm going with Raiders. Uh, nothing against Saving Private Ryan. It, I thought parts of it were absolutely amazing. Um but I, I, I could watch Raiders over and over again, and I can't do that with Saving Private Ryan. Uh, vote for Raiders and Michael. I find Saving Private Ryan to be one of his most rewatchable films, interestingly enough. Um, and it is one of the first World War II movies to really show how awful it was. This wasn't like John Wayne with the troops going, let's get in there and kick their asses. I mean, it, it just, it's horrifying. Uh, you know what? In the interest of time, who the fuck am I kidding? Our Raiders are lost, Ark. <laughs> a vote for Raiders. Uh, you know, if it didn't end up up against Raiders and and it had gone on farther, I, I did have a, a, a stopper from Saving Private Ryan, which is it's responsible for Vin Diesel and all of Vin Diesel. But anyway, <laughs> oh Raiders... God. What? No. Spielberg made him at a fucking club. He was a bouncer and put him in Saving Private Ryan, and the rest is history. Are you serious? Yeah. That's, wow. Yeah, that's, that was his debut role. You can't blame that on Spielberg. No, you I You have don't. to blame that on everybody. I do. That's, <laughs> that's, that's why I said it's the stopper. It's, anytime somebody has a Saving Private Ryan conversation, you want to stop it. It's responsible for Vin Diesel. Uh, we are on to our next fight. Josh, this one is yours. It is Close Encounters of the Third Kind versus Gremlins. Uh, this is easy. Close Encounters. I've uh, never been a big fan of Gremlins. and Close Encounters is just awesome. I love alien encountering mumbo-jumbo and Dick Dreyfus running around making the mashed potato mountain. Going to Devil's... Was it Devil's Peak? Is that what it's called? Devil's, Devil's Peak. Tower. Devil, oh, is Devil's it Tower? Tower? Yeah. Yeah, the do 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 do. Come on, it's awesome. Close encounters. Yeah, um, <laughs> Gremlins is fun, but fucking close encounter. Close encounters is always overshadowed by Star Wars, but it was first. So I'm gonna go with uh, Close Encounters. It wasn't first. It wasn't, wasn't it first? first? No. no. When did Close Encounters come out? It came out after 19th. Yeah. No, it was the same year. It was like 78 or 79 or something. I thought it was 78. No, no. I it was, was 77. 77. They were both 77, but uh, Close really? Encounters was the end of the year. Oh, was it the oh. end of the year? Okay. Yeah. I thought it came out first. Anyway, it does get overshadowed by Star Wars. Uh, it, I think it's a better movie than Star Wars. I actually know. It is a better movie than Star Wars. Fuck thinking <laughs> about it. Uh, I'm going with Close Encounters. Um, Pete. Uh, <clears throat> I... I think I have to say I think I was more impressed at the time by Close Encounters than I was by Gremlins. Um, so I got to go with Close Encounters. 
another vote for Close Encounters. Uh, Michael. I don't want to vote against Gremlins. I love Gremlins, but I think I'm, Close Encounters is one of those movies that, uh, yeah, it doesn't quite get the respect it deserves because it did come out at the same time as Star Wars, even though it's 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 great in its own right and has its own unique rhythms. I'm going to actually vote for Close Encounters because, hearkening back to earlier in the conversation, I'm kind of disappointed that Gremlins 2 isn't on this list because I think Gremlins 2... Was basically someone hand Joe, you know, Spielberg hands Joe Dante fifty million bucks and says, uh, "Joe, open up your brain and just make whatever crazy fucking movie you want to make." And I just remember being blown away by how insane that movie was. And it just no one went and saw it that summer. It was a real disappointment that no one really got to appreciate that. So because it's not on the list, and because at the end of the day, I would probably still vote for Close Encounters anyway. Close Encounters. I'll vote for Close Encounters. And Mike, is it a clean sweep? Uh, yeah. Uh, very methodical there. Uh, we're on to our next fight. Uh, oh, it's me. It is Tintin versus Joe versus Volcano. Uh, I, I love the fact that Joe versus Volcano is on the list uh, because I put it on there, but just because I get to say Tintin versus Joe versus the Volcano, it's just a mouthful and I like it. Um, Plus, I'm an American, so I'm going to vote against Tintin because I don't need any goddamn Belgian influence in my life, goddammit. So I'm going to go with Joe versus American Volcanoes. Uh, Pete? Um, yeah, see, I was one of those ones that uh, I wasn't really particularly fond of uh, Joe versus the Volcano, so uh, I got to go with Tintin. Uh, vote for Tintin. Michael? It is going to take a lot for me to vote against Joe versus the Volcano for reasons I've already described. I love this movie. I love every frame of this movie. And there will be a time, however, where I will have to vote against it. I know it's gonna, when it's going to happen, and I can pretty much tell you what film it's going to be. Um, but now is not the time to vote against it. So, Joe. Uh, vote for Joe versus the Volcano. Mike. Well, uh, you know, Michael, I'll help you out a little there. And uh, if if Joe versus the volcano goes down here, then you'll never have to vote against it. So uh, I'll vote for Tintin. I'll vote for Tintin. It is all tied up, and it comes down to you, Josh, an American citizen. Which one are you voting for? <laughs> Take me to the volcano. Volcano. Joe versus the volcano, all the way. And Joe versus the Volcano takes the win. We are Thanks on- for trying to help, Mike. I really do appreciate that, you miserable bastard. <laughs> We're on to our next fight, Pete. This one is yours. It is AI versus Super 8. Oh. Uh, I got to go with Super 8. I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, vote for Super 8, Michael. This is not even close. AI. Way more ambitious, way more effective. Super 8 is fun, but let's not get ahead of ourselves here. AI deserves much more love than Super 8 does. A vote for AI. Mike? Uh, Well, you know, Super 8 is a love letter to our blah, blah, blah AI. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They both have amazing performances from children. Um... Haley Joel Osment, which we haven't said yeah, anything but one about of them yet, actually scares the shit out of me. 
Whatever yeah, happened that, to his performance scared the shit out of me too. It's weird. I, I think Haley Joel is waiting just a little bit longer for people to f- forget that he was a child actor to come back and do something again because that's one of those hard things for people to get over is you're the kid from Sixth Sense and yeah. if he comes back because he's an amazing actor like Pay It Forward I, I love that movie there's a lot of stuff and AI you really like Pay It Forward oh yeah. Really? I've never I really, met anybody that for actually saw that. I know. love Pay It Forward. I love the 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 idea of Pay It Forward. I like that idea. Uh, but I like I like Haley Joel Osment. I like I like him a lot, and uh, I, I do. But um, Elle Fanning is going to end up being way cuter than Haley Joel Osment <laughs> will ever be. So I'm going to go with Super Eight and tie it up. It is all tied up. Uh, who does it come down to? Oh, did I skip somebody? Yeah, I did. I think you did. Yeah. I skipped Josh, didn't I? Yeah, I don't think I voted on this one. Yeah, yeah. it's all um, tied up. It comes down to you. Uh, you guys almost had me swayed way back in round one when it came to AI. I almost changed my vote, but it didn't really matter anyway. But um, it kind of makes me want to go back and take a look at that movie again. Um, so, and, and Haley Joel Osment was pretty good. I mean, that was, I hate to say that was his heyday. I mean, what was he, 10 years old? It's not really fair. It's just the fact that he's so yeah, good. Yeah. I mean, you, he, he, right. He's the kid from the sixth sense. I mean, you, you come out, you know, at, right out of the gate sprinting and it's just not fair. You just, unfortunately he was too good. I mean. No, you don't see, he is great in AI. He, yeah. he made the choice to not blink. <laughs> like that's fucking awesome. And he, he made the choice. The scene, remember, remember the scene where he literally beats the shit out of one of his own selves. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like it's really unsettling shit. This is not yeah. a a soft, cuddly performance from a kid actor at all. Yeah. yeah, I didn't mean to diss anything about AI earlier. I mean, I like it. It's it's got a lot of good stuff in it, and it was kind of uh, out of. I think you said it's like his post-apocalyptic trilogy. You know, it was kind of, and it was it was fun to see Spielberg take a darker route. So um, I'll I'll give a vote to to AI, sure. And AI takes the win. We are on to our next fight. I don't know if anybody noticed that I sabotaged my own vote there, but uh, AI takes the win. We're on to our next fight, Michael. This one is yours. It is Who Framed Roger Rabbit versus The Mask of Zorro. Every, every, everything I said about Zorro stands. I stand behind that movie. I know there's some people on here who don't like it. Fine, whatever. I think it's great. I think it's a terrific action movie. But it's up against Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That movie, my dad, I remember one of the things my dad said about that movie when we went and saw it. He walked out and says, that's a movie, that's why you go to the movies, to see something like that. That could only happen in the movies. And he was absolutely right. That is truly a film to be seen on the big screen and to be enjoyed with a great crowd. It is such an amazing theatrical achievement. And uh, again, Spielberg's responsible for making a lot of that happen. Uh, and supporting Zemeckis' vision on that. So, who framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, Mike. Uh, since last round, The Mask of Zorro hasn't gotten any better, and Roger <laughs> Rabbit hasn't gotten any worse. So, Roger Rabbit. Another vote for Roger Rabbit. Josh. Uh, yeah, let's make it quick. Roger Rabbit. More Roger Rabbit love. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. That that movie has, that movie does something that a lot of movies, when they're, um, I, I I'm very tired, so I don't know how to think right now. But when when they when they're trying to capture a child audience, 
they they very much they usually dumb down a movie and and it's annoying they did it with the muppets they did it with a lot of things that i, I liked as a kid but roger rabbit is not dumbed down it's actually a movie that adults can and do enjoy there's a lot of stuff in there for kids but there's a lot of stuff in there for adults and uh i've got to vote for who framed roger rabbit pete um yeah i gotta go with uh, who framed roger rabbit as well short to the point and Who Framed Roger Rabbit takes a win, proving that we dislike Jewish people, black people, and Hispanics. Uh, at least we like them a lot less than we like cartoons. Or maybe uh, Spielberg just doesn't do as good a job with them. Well, no. or, could I, or could I throw this theory out? We yeah. just genuinely really don't like anybody. Okay, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. who, who Framed Roger Rabbit is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. I think it's going to be easy for you. Uh, it is Jaws versus the Temple of Doom. Yeah, this one is is very easy for me. Uh, it's definitely Jaws. Um, like I said, I'm not really a big fan of the uh, Indiana Jones movies, uh, other than Raiders. They're good movies, but uh, they're they're completely overshadowed. And uh, and I don't I don't think it's just just by comparison. I, I just think they they don't really uh, deliver for me uh, in a lot of ways. Um, maybe it's because I was too old for him. I don't know. But uh, Jaws uh, always has delivered. It, it, it's kind of got a rough time now because it's on TV so much that uh, it's almost it's almost a joke. But you know, if you really put it in its context, I mean, this is a movie that that made beach attendance drop by like twenty percent. Uh, and even if that's not true, that might just be uh, urban myth that that comes up around these. It actually is pretty believable because that movie is so effective and i was lucky enough to be i mean i, I didn't see it in the in a the theater first run uh, i'm i'm old but i'm not that old um but i did see it uh, at a re-release not long after and it's an amazing experience especially when you haven't seen it 400 times on tbs so jaws uh vote for jaws uh josh uh this is really tough for me um so i recently read the the book that Jaws was based on. I don't know if you guys have, have read it. It's not a very good book. Actually, you know, I liked it a lot. Um, I read I it. I don't think it's not as good as the movie. No, of course not. No, it's not. I mean, this is one of the cases where the, the movie overshadows the book. Cause I don't think a lot of people even know that it was based on a book, but I did read it for a uh, fan commentary I did on it. And it's really fun comparing the two. A lot of stuff in the book is uh, a bit shocking. Um, like, uh, Hooper uh, dies in the book. Sorry for the spoiler. Having but, an affair, uh, and Hooper yeah. has an doesn't and Hooper has an affair with Brody's wife. Right, that's right. Yeah, it's some weird stuff going on. Um, but I can't vote against Temple of Doom because I liked watching it, and Jaws just made me afraid to get in the bathtub. So Temple of Doom. A uh, vote for Temple of Doom. Yeah. Um, I. <sighs> Temple of Doom is is terrifying in a different way. If you were a kid when you saw Temple of Doom, it's a scary fucking movie because there's a guy who's kidnapping children and putting them into slavery, and then Indiana Jones comes to save the day, and Indiana Jones saves kids. I was a kid, so Indiana Jones would have come and saved me. And it's, it's, it's as easy as that for me. I, I love the fuck out of Temple of Doom. Um, I, I think... I think Michael was right in saying that it's a completely different movie than Raiders. Uh, and, and 
And the fact that they went away from Christian artifacts, the fact that they went to India, it was in India, right? In, yes. In India, yeah. yeah. You know, the, the fact that they go all the way away from anything that um, people, I'm going to say it, white uh, and Christian, and, you know, it's the one that gets the most flack, but why does everything have to be that? I'm sorry, we're in the political season right now, and, and that shit is getting really annoying to me, and Temple of Doom flew in the face of that kind of stuff, so... I'm going to go with Temple of Doom, even though it was inadvertent. They didn't do it on purpose. Uh, Pete? Um, yeah, in this case, I, I, I think I got to go for the giant shark. It was, I, I found it to be a lot scarier um, and, and just better done. Uh, vote for Jaws. It is all tied up, and it comes down to you there, Michael. Which one takes the win? This one, I, I think this qualifies as truly the first truly difficult matchup of this whole thing. Because I love both these movies, and I love them both for very, very different reasons. Uh, Temple of Doom is my favorite of the Indiana Jones trilogy. Um, I think it is truly unique. It was balls out. It was truly something that they went in a completely different direction for, and for the large part, very much succeeded with. But here's Here's the problem. When I think of Jaws, yeah, the shark maybe not even look as good as it could have, and they had to hide it a lot. Jaws, the best scene in that movie, and one of the best scenes in movie history, is nothing but a guy telling a story. And I cannot in good conscience vote against Robert Shaw telling the story about the, what happened to him on the Indianapolis that individual scene is better than anything else in Temple of Doom. That's how good that is. So I'm going with Jaws. And Jaws takes the win. We are on to our next fight. Josh, this one is yours. It is Jurassic Park versus Used Cars. Uh, I'm going to vote for Used Cars. I think I, uh, I let out my uh, Kurt Russell love earlier. And I don't really like Jurassic Park. I mean, it's okay, but... I never rewatch it. I don't think I've ever seen the third one either. So, and I've heard used cars is really funny. I mean, isn't it? Yeah, it is very funny. Up? Very funny movie. Very yeah, funny. So I, I, is it on Netflix? Because I'll put it in my queue. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't. If you if you really want it to be on Netflix, that means it's probably not. Maybe. Probably. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I'll, I'll vote for used cars because I want to see it. A uh, vote for used cars. It's Stan Winston, right? Isn't he the guy that did all the? Uh, Yes, special yeah, animatronics. Animatronics. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that that was the thing about that movie. You made they, they, you, it made you think you were real. And then I still remember the first time I saw the trailer for Jurassic Park, and it is one of the few movies I've actually read the book for. But I saw the trailer in uh, the Star John R here in uh, the Detroit area, and we were testing out new technology, which they they abandoned very quickly because. I'm sure somebody had an epileptic seizure, but every time, if you remember the trailer, they don't really show you anything. There's just lots of rain and lightning, and every time the lightning flashed, there would be flash bulbs that went off in the theater to make the whole theater flash with lightning, and I was like, that is amazing. I have to see that movie, and I think they showed the eye of a raptor or the eye of the T-Rex. They showed the eye of something, and I was raptor. like, it's dinosaurs. I fucking have to see that movie. Uh, and I read the book, and it, it's it's a pale comparison to the book because Michael Crichton did a really good job with the book, but uh, the movie is still one of those epic movies that you kind of had. 
you had to be there for it. It was at the height of the special effects that they were able to do at the time. So I'm going to go with Jurassic Park. Pete. Um, yeah, you pretty much said it all. I, I have to follow follow that and uh, go with Jurassic Park. I just thought when the dinosaurs came on screen, it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen at the time. A vote for Jurassic Park. Michael. Yeah, got to vote for the dinosaurs. Again, not again. nothing against used cars. Wonderful movie. But it, it's Zemeckis' film. It, that's not really a Spielberg film, and it, it doesn't really deserve to be representing him. If we were doing Best of Mecca's movie, maybe. Um, but uh, no, not used cars. I got to go with the dinosaurs. Uh, vote for Jurassic Park. And you mean when we do Best of Mecca's movie. Uh, Mike? Uh, when I saw Jurassic Park for the first time, and there was all this hype, and it was basically a the whole movie hinges on whether or not the dinosaurs work. Are the dinosaurs going to work? Um, and the first time you see a brontosaurus which is the first time the main character sees the brontosaurus i looked at it and i went wow so they they really cloned dinosaurs for this movie <laughs> i know it's exactly the reaction i had. and uh and for a second i was like maybe they did it's possible uh they spent a lot of money on this movie um and uh and it's amazing that that was that that long ago it was it was that convincing. I mean, that was really the first time it was like, oh, that's yeah, really twenty years ago. Um, and and the effects still hold up uh, pretty solidly, uh, even though you mm-hmm. can you can basically do that on an iPad now. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it it was remarkable. It was that that anticipation of is 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 it going to work? And then it didn't just work; it just blew everything out of the water. So, Jurassic Park. And Jurassic Park is moving on. And no, you do not have to see Jurassic Park 3. Not at all. I enjoyed, I enjoyed 3. It wasn't terrible at all. 3 is horrible. No, it's not horrible at all. I heard the second not, one was bad. I, I well, the second one parts had, of the second, the second one. one. second one has some great scenes in it. Some terrific scenes. It doesn't hold all that well together. The second the one's one's a better Godzilla bad. movie than Godzilla. Uh, yes, it was. No yeah. shit. Yes, it fucking <laughs> was. It absolutely was. But anyway, we're moving on. We've got a fight here for uh, the first spot in the final four. It is Catch Me If You Can versus Raiders. Uh, both of them, true stories. Um, <laughs> 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 well, well, you know what? I have to figure that some form of Raiders actually did happen back in the 1930s Hitler was looking for the uh, for religious for artifacts. The, uh, the Ark, and there was an archaeologist that uh, was uh, looking for it, too. There, there we go. Oh, yeah. But uh, inspired by true events. Well, catch me if you can. Definitely is, and I, and I, I really do think that it, it's one of those movies where DiCaprio. It's so weird because he start. He's supposed to be sixteen at the beginning of the movie, and he ends the movie in his mid to late thirties. Yeah, and, and you actually see a physical change, and they don't really use makeup to do it. Uh. I, I think that's through direction from the man, the myth, the legend that is Steven Spielberg. So I will be voting against the juggernaut on the list and putting a vote to catch me if you can. Pete. Oh, this is a tough one. Um, 
because I enjoyed both these movies immensely. Uh, and the funny thing is how many times since I saw Catch Me If You Can, the uh, I've seen the guy's name in the news, the, the one that Leonardo DiCaprio played who was reformed. Oh, Frank um, Abagnale? Yeah, talking about some, some new scam or how do you protect yourself from scams. And before that, I had never caught anything anywhere. Um, I got to give the edge to Indiana Jones, though. Uh, vote for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, Michael. You know, one thing has not been mentioned about Catch Me As You Can, there's also another wonder, a great cast overall. There is a wonderful performance from Christopher Walken as Leonardo DiCaprio's father. He was Oscar-nominated for it, actually. And he is, the scenes with him and DiCaprio are enormously affecting because he understands his son and he knows what he's going through, but at the same time, he doesn't, you're never really sure. It's like, is he really clued in to what's really going on or does he know more than he's letting on? Um, and it's not a Walken-ish performance. It's, it's the type of performance that he used to give before he became Christopher Walken, you know? And uh, it's great. And that whole movie is cast perfectly in the John Williams. That's probably one of his best scores that he did with, uh, with, with Spielberg. It's very playful and, and just, it's a wonderful movie, but um, <laughs> sorry, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, I, I knew that was going to happen. Uh, Mike. Um, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark gets a lot of love, plenty of love, but you know, catch me if you can, uh, it doesn't get the respect that it deserves, and since it shouldn't have beat E.T., it shouldn't beat Raiders, but uh, I'll vote for it. A vote for Raider, uh, for Catch Me If You Can to tempt fate. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Josh. Which one uh, takes the win? Oh, this is really hard, because I was going to throw Catch Me If You Can a pity vote, um, but now that it's up to me, because I didn't think this was actually going to come down to me. Crap. Um... I can't, uh, I gotta give it to Catch Me If You Can. I really like that movie. And Raiders isn't my favorite indie movie. It's, it's either Last Crusade or Temple of Doom. Catch Me If You Can. Uh, vote for Catch Me If You Can. Oh, I'm changing my buddy. I was, I was waiting. <laughs> I was waiting for that to happen. <laughs> that's why I didn't write it down. Damn it. I wanted to have spite, but that's how good Raiders is. It's stronger than my geek spite. No, it's not. <laughs> There's no spite. Thanks. Yeah. I almost had to break out the oxygen. I was in such shock over this. I knew what that the was going to happen. Fuck happened there for a second. A vote for uh, Mike flip flopping uh, back to Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Raiders oh. is into the final four. Holy shit! We are okay. on to our next fight. Uh, you know, I got to stop being a smartass. I guess you do. You really do. Well, for uh, a second there, I thought I was going to get away with it. No, it wasn't going to happen. Sometimes, I, I, like that, sometimes was, I stick like, with my guns. Well, I, I, I think like I waited too long. Dare. Everyone was playing a game of dare. I was like, well, are you going to suck it up and just vote for Raiders like we all know you should? Oh, no, I wasn't. I, I, mine was a pure, I don't think Raiders is the best Indiana Jones movie. I think Temple of Doom is. And you guys voted out Temple of Doom, so fuck Indiana Jones. <laughs> oh, it's, it was hard for me to keep my Temple of Doom hatred back so I didn't get any geek spite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you've I done actually it enough. said... Go short round. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that I was, was wondering what the hell was up with that. That was reverse spite. I, I, I knew it. I know you too well, Mike. But we are on to our next fight. Pete, this one is yours. It is Close Encounters of the Third Kind versus Joe versus the Volcano. I love that mouthful. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
yeah, short and sweet. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, vote for Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Michael, why are you voting for Joe versus the Volcano? Because I'm riding that train till the wheels come off. I'm sorry. I love Joe versus the Volcano. It's a movie that n never comes up. It never gets any respect ever, except for that the, the few people who saw it and understood what they were trying to accomplish. And like I said before, because Spielberg was the producer, John Patrick Shanley was coming off of Moonstruck at the time, was able to make exactly the film he wanted to make with all its eccentricities and all its outlandish subplots and weird visual motifs. Thank God that Spielberg was there for that. This is one where he needed to be there or we would have gotten, essentially, you've got mail on a tropical island. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I'm going with Joe versus the volcano. I'm not ready to vote against it yet. Oh, I know exactly where you're going to vote against it. Uh, Mike? Uh, I'm going to vote for Close Encounters for a couple of reasons. I mean, I certainly think as we get into the final four, uh, I think Spielberg, the director, is is going to have to be more important than Spielberg, the producer. Um, and I, I love Joe versus the Volcano also, and I wish it did get more respect. But this is not a mo movie in need of, of more respect, and if maybe we should do the most underrated movie as another geek fight, and, and maybe that could get that there. But this is best Spielberg movie, and, and Close Encounters is is a, a masterpiece. Um, you know, it's the the X Files would tackle this type of stuff, you know, years and years later. But this was a really kind of strange and interesting and, and, and daring movie. I mean, this is it it's it lost out to Star Wars because it's not a big explosion action piece. It's actually a smart, uh, creepy, eerie, and sometimes fucking scary science fiction movie. Um, and then, you know, it still has kind of a Spielberg happy ending, but it's it's also not. I mean, the guy, like Spielberg has even said he could never make this movie now because it's a story about a man who basically abandons his wife and family and uh, and goes off. I mean, you can interpret this as the aliens basically got their guy by interfering in his life, destroying everything he had, taking it all away, and then sweeping him off into space. And this is strange and dark territory, um, and I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. So, uh, Close Encounters. Uh, vote for Close Encounters. Josh? Uh, you almost had me swayed there with that, uh, you know, if this was underrated movie, you know? I mean, it is Close Encounters. It is, I would call it a masterpiece of film. But I can't vote against Joe. I, I just can't. I love the hell out of that movie. And uh, I can't wait for it to get a special edition of some kind. I'd love to hear a commentary from, from Shanley on that movie. Um, like I said, uh, Michael, if you want to listen to our commentary on Joe, I think you really dig it because we point out a lot of visual motifs on it. The and lightning. A lot, well, of course that's the obvious one, but my yeah. dad is an Uber fan. I did it with him and he had a great time talking about it. So I'll send you the link. I, think you'll do I it. will definitely want to check that out. Yes. So I'm going to vote for Joe. Cause if this, if Joe versus the volcano wins this geek fight, that would be awesome. A vote for Joe versus the volcano. It is all tied up. It comes down to me. <sighs> um, the, you know, people who know me know I'm a bit of a flippity gibbet. And, uh, oh my God, what a word. I know. I, <laughs> I love that fucking movie to death. And, and Michael swayed me. Well, no, 
I was going to vote that way anyway, but Michael made it easy for me to vote that way by saying without, without Spielberg, his oversight on that movie, they wouldn't have been able to do the movie that I love. It's my favorite of the Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks trilogy, and it has some of my favorite Tom Hanks stuff. The moment when he's on uh, out in the middle of nowhere and the moon comes up over the horizon. And he's, Thank it, you for my life. I mean, uh, that is such an amazing moment. I love it so much, and it wouldn't be there without Spielberg. So I think something that he produced does deserve to be in the final four, and I will be pushing... Joe versus the volcano into the final four. Uh, I'm changing my Raiders vote back. <laughs> Too late. Too late. We are on to our next fight. Michael, this one is yours. It is AI versus who framed Roger Rabbit. Oh man, this is another now it just gets to be ridiculously tough. Um my instinct is to put AI through, but I'm not because Two incredibly ambitious films. Incredibly ambitious films. But I gotta go with the one that somehow managed to pull off the bigger miracle. And again, I think Roger Rabbit does that. Because if you think about animation interacting with humans, that's a tricky thing to do just from a technical level, from a storytelling level. How do you balance that out properly? And a lot of that is obviously because of Zemeckis and his crew, and it was his film but like I said, Spielberg enabled an environment for that film to be created at a time where it probably, it probably will never happen again. And there, you know, there's a lot of Spielbergian touches in that, and that feels very much like a film that he truly had a vested interest in. And it's a miracle. That movie is a miracle as a period piece, as a performance piece. How Bob Hoskins was not nominated for an Oscar for that is still one of the great crimes of the Oscars. And it is... It was the best film that was released that year, and it still holds up. And um, when those doors to the Ink and Paint Cuff fly open, and you see all those cartoon characters interacting with the crowd, and Daffy and Donald having dueling pianos, it actually, I almost get teary-eyed when I see that, because that's, it's a dream, it's a dream come true. It's a fantasy, it's a boyhood fantasy come true. And Spielberg was a part of making that happen. And as much as I dearly love AI, and this is not a vote against AI, I, I'm going with Roger Rabbit. Uh, vote for Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Mike. Uh, I will go along with Roger Rabbit because I think a movie Spielberg produced should be in the final four. Uh, vote for Roger Rabbit. Mike is my, my, Mike, did you... Mike, you are not a happy man, are you? I'm sorry, dude. No, no. I think Close Encounters might have been his pick, his 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 one and only, and it went out. Uh, Josh, uh, Roger Rabbit, because it makes me laugh. <laughs> Another vote for Roger Rabbit. I'm gonna go with AI. Uh, I'm sorry. I just I don't mean to interrupt, but I can just feel the seething from Mike's side coming through the headset, and it's really scary. <laughs> He's not and when when Mike doesn't talk at this point, he is <laughs> This is reminding me of all good things all over again. Oh, I think this one's a little bit worse. I am not hey. pissed. Jesus Christ, people. I don't hey, like who, I don't like close encounters oh. that much. Okay. Who who said who said all good things was mediocre? That, uh, that's unfair. Come on. I, I've said I that before. Said, I never said that. So, somebody put that on the list. Yeah, well, just to fuck with people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I will be voting for AI. Uh, like I said before, Haley Joel Osment's performance is amazing. Um, Jude Law. I mean, it's a really good movie, and if you haven't seen it, as we've said a hundred times on this show, this episode, and others, you really do need to see AI, and I'm voting for it. Pete? Uh, yeah, this is a vote against AI, because I haven't seen it. I gotta go with Roger Rabbit. And who framed Roger Rabbit is into the final four? Bizarre. Mike, this is for a last spot in the final four. It's all yours. It is Jaws versus Jurassic Park, both of which were books. Uh, yeah, actually, and I guess one the movie's better and one the movie's uh, worse. Um, I I kind of dreaded this one because these are, are very similar for me because they're both uh, essentially creature movies and they're both uh, you know movies that are, are very scary and and thrilling. Um, and I was I was leaning Jaws. Because, you know, like we said with Jurassic Park, so much of it was going to boil down to do they make the uh, the dinosaurs work? And, and that certainly, you know, you can credit a lot to Spielberg on that. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's wasn't that Phil Tippett and ILM? Oh, yeah. They, sure. they had to make the dinosaurs work, which made Jurassic Park work. And in Jaws, the shark didn't work. So Spielberg had to make the movie work. Um, and, he, I mean, the heavy lifting on that movie is done by the directing and the pacing. And if I wasn't already going to be leaning that way when you mentioned the scene uh, with Robert Shaw, and not just the terrifying parts of his scene, but the, the humor and the camaraderie between those three guys who really don't like each other, but we're getting drunk and we're all very possibly near death. And then ending on them all singing together in that one scene, a ridiculous range of emotions. It was just three guys sitting on a boat quietly. The sound design in that scene is fantastic. Um, Jaws is just, it did everything that Jurassic Park did. It did it decades earlier and it did it in a very raw, visceral way, whereas Jurassic Park starts to become a little too polished. A vote for Jaws. Josh? Yeah, I think Mike pretty much just took all the words out of my mouth. I'll, I'm going to go with Jaws. A vote for Jaws. Um, yeah, it, it's Jaws. And it's Jaws because of, I'm pretty sure it's the opening, because I can never remember where things happen in that movie, but when that girl, the naked girl, gets eaten by Jaws. Yeah, it's, it's, that's, the yeah. Opening, that's the opening scene. Yeah, yeah Chrissy Watkins. How many, how many words are spoken in that scene? Uh, five. Uh, you, you understand what I'm saying? It's, yeah. all, it's all in how he shot it. That is, that is Spielberg at his absolute best, and it's really him right at the beginning of his fucking career, so... Uh, I gotta go with Jaws. Yeah, I still can't watch that scene. It makes me sick. <laughs> I like the naked lady, so I can watch it all day long. Uh, Pete? Um, wow, this was a tough one because they were both uh, really good movies, but when it came down to it, I gotta go with a one-on-one -on -one fight, and that would be T-Rex versus Shark. I gotta give it to the T-Rex. Hmm. Well, on land or in water. Uh, doesn't make a difference. No, that shark was, 
that sense. shark was coming pretty close to the shore, and that T-Rex would be like up to its knees. So the shark would be biting its ankles. The T-Rex would like lean over and just pick the whole damn thing up. But, but what if the, the T-Rex was actually swimming in the middle of the ocean? I would also like to point out that on a strictly evolutionary sense, this did happen. <laughs> and, uh, uh, sharks yeah. are older than dinosaurs, and they survived. Yeah. If you believe in evolution, which I do not, creationism is real. Um, well, then that means God picked the sharks over the dinosaurs. Okay, that, that, that works too. <laughs> but that was a vote for Jurassic Park and, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Jurassic Park and Michael. Yeah, these films are very similar, and they're both roller coaster rides, and they're both Spielberg, you know, separated by almost twenty years. And Jaws, huge technical problems forced him to rely on, you know, physical tricks to make you see the shark is there. And also, let's not forget John Williams' score in that the sound he's the soundtrack of the shark. When you hear it, you're already fearing the shark. You always feel the shark is around you. Jurassic Park is him at the peak of his powers with whatever with the digital technology that allowed him to create whatever he wanted. And although the other, nothing to take away from the special effects technicians of Jurassic Park, Spielberg knows how to use effects in his movies. The, when the effects are, and for the most part, I mean, he's one of those guys who knows how to, you know, use CGI in a way that it will blend in with the environment and it'll feel tactile and realistic. There's only a handful of guys. He also knows how to blend it with animatronics. He's not going to rely on just one thing because it's fashionable or because it's the, the hip new thing. He's always on the lookout for what's best for his film. And I think that's what makes him one of the best directors who utilizes effects in his picture, which is why Jurassic Park works so well. But in terms of lean, mean efficiency... Jaws has it over Jurassic Park in every way. It's a better story. The characters are more fully developed. And Jurassic Park makes a few missteps here and there. Jaws never really does. So I'm going with Jaws. Uh, vote for Jaws, and Jaws is into the final four. We've got Raiders versus Joe versus a volcano, and we've got Who Framed Roger Rabbit versus Jaws. Uh, Josh, this fight is yours. It is Raiders versus Joe versus a volcano. So, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Actually, let me say it all. Okay. Raiders of the Lost Ark <laughs> versus Joe versus a volcano. I've already said it. I think it would be amazing if Joe wins this. And if Joe wins this, and as a result of that, more people watch Joe versus a volcano, that would be awesome. Joe versus Volcano on the way. A uh, vote for Joe versus Volcano. You obviously think we have way more listeners than we actually do. <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, it sucks, but but it really comes down to Joe versus the Volcano is Joe versus the Volcano, and Raiders of the Lost Ark is Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Plain and simple. And while I still have tons of fun watching both, uh, there is a moment. In Raiders that I will never forget and you all know what it is because I've said it a hundred times. It's when that guy comes out with the fucking swords and starts swinging them around and he just shoots him in the chest. But he's got a gun. I love that. That's my favorite moment. So I'm going to go with Raiders. Uh, Pete? Um, see, uh, as I recall, uh, even though maybe the, the reason might have been because a lot of people didn't get it, Joe versus the volcano pretty much tanked when it came out. Whereas with uh, because of Raiders, we got uh, Temple of Doom, Last Crusade. Uh, so I got to go Crystal with Skull. Raiders. Uh, uh, no, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I never heard of that movie before in my life. 
a vote for Crystal Skull. Uh, Michael. Fuck you. Um, I was uh, was eight years old when I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I was a huge Star Wars fan, of course, at that time. And my dad drugged me, to, dragged me to go see Raiders of the Lost Ark. I knew about it, but I didn't want to see it because the poster didn't have any spaceships on it. And I'm like, I don't want to see this. But it was from the same people who did Star Wars, and uh, you love that. I was like, yeah, but there's no space. I, I was an eight-year-old kid. You know, what the hell did I know? And uh, we go in the theater, and we sit there, and from the opening scene, I was hooked. Uh, I had never seen a movie like that before. And I started noticing things like cinematography and sound. and mu- it, This became more than a movie uh, to me. And I'll never forget the swordsman scene because I've never, it was the first time in my childhood I ever heard my dad laugh like that. He erupted. It was so incredible. Um, I mean, I, and since then I've heard, I remember hearing him laugh many, many times like that, but it was the first memory I have of my dad just losing his mind because it was such a funny, honest, great character moment. And then the movie just keeps going, and it never makes a misstep. And I can watch it now and derive even more enjoyment now from that picture than I can than I did when I was a kid. And that movie I saw ten times in the theaters between May or, or March or May of 1981 and March of 1982. It stayed in my town of La Mirada, California, in one form or another in the theaters. I saw it ten times, and it was. Um, I will never. That movie is sheer perfection in every single way. There's not one extra scene that doesn't need to be in there. There is not one character motivation that's out of place. It all fits. And as much as I love Joe versus the volcano, as I said before, there is a time I was going to have to vote against it, and that time has come. I'm voting for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, Vote for Raiders of the Lost Ark. And Mike? Uh, You know, I will hop on the volcano here because... uh it's, I mean, it certainly proved to be quite a powerhouse as an unknown. Um, was this, oh, no, this wasn't the unknown. It beat the unknown. But, uh, and certainly a, a movie that few people would have even considered on this list. Um, and because it didn't create sequels that people have to pretend don't exist. <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> And that's the only reason I voted for Raiders, because I knew you would vote for Joe versus the Volcano. Uh, but Raiders of the Lost Ark is into the final. And we are at uh, uh, our next fight. It is Who Framed Roger Rabbit versus Jaws. That goes to me. Uh, I could vote for Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but Jaws is a superior film. So I'm going to go with Jaws. Pete? Uh, I have to disagree. Uh, I have to go with... Uh who Framed Roger Rabbit, I think that is a technically superior film to Jaws. Uh, vote for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Michael. Yeah, this is, boy, talk about tough. Two completely different types of films here. Both wonderful achievements in their own right. And I don't know which one, as of right now, as of this moment, I don't know which one I'm voting for. Because um, you can make such a strong case for either film. They're both Great movies, great films that you have to experience in the theater to really get the full effect. And 
they're both miracles in their own right. One, because uh, Roger Rabbit, because of all the technical abilities that everyone had at the time, working at full thrust and Jaws for the same reason, but they were working against the fact that everything seemed to be working against them at the time. Um, both incredibly strong scripts, strong dialogue, perfect performances. I don't know... I'm going with one that still gives me the biggest thrill to this day. And I just, I guess I'm, I would like to see something that Spielberg produced represented in the final two, because he has proven to be in his own way, just as influential a producer as a director. And I think it would be interesting to see that side represented by really his finest achievement as a producer, which I do feel is Roger Rabbit. I'm going with Roger Rabbit. Another vote for who framed Roger Rabbit, Mike. Um, and I, I do, I do like the idea in principle of of a producer thing going forward. But you know, for me, uh, basically the reason we opened this up to producers because uh, we did not have enough uh, really interesting ones to to pad this list out. And uh, and you know, we we. We've talked about other directors that we would do best of. So we've never really talked about producers because it's not something that I think is as maybe is as important in, in the geek mind. There certainly are, have been a lot of, of powerful, influential producers, but from from the creative level, uh, directors are often talked about more. And um, and especially you know, Jaws is Jaws really was a game changer in, in a way that, that Roger Rabbit was not. I mean, certainly in a technical achievement um, and, and getting it made and getting it made as well done as it was. Uh, but that, again, was, was from someone who's got a tremendous amount of, of clout and power, whereas Jaws was built on just pure raw talent. Uh, everything was working against them. Uh, and not just... Uh, Spielberg's directing talent, the acting talent, um, and and the, the circumstances under which it's made, but also, I mean, not only did it have this effect in terms of drop, you know, the the drop in in, uh, in beach attendance. That's kind of a minor, temporary thing. But you know, we credit Star Wars a lot with being the the invention of the the summer blockbuster, the invention of the summer movie season, being this tremendous. Um, force in Hollywood, uh, but in many ways, Jaws what really kind of tested those waters first, so to speak. Jaws was really where this starts to happen. It's it's a real paradigm shift in Hollywood, where now these throwaway movies are are now the the important movies because they're so successful and so engaging to such a wide reaching. A group of people. Some people would say that's kind of the death of Hollywood because it sort of destroys the the '60s and '70s uh, tour Hollywood, and, and really brings in this this more sort of um, populist fan favorite. And that really did lay the groundwork that uh, that Star Wars would eventually uh, kind of break through. Um, and, and all of this being done by someone's what his second feature film. You know, this is a remarkable achievement. Um, and, I, and I think it really can't be understated. And uh, so to me, it, it's Jaws. Um, something that, it, it, in the end, a producer has, has, abil- has a lot of abilities, but it's not pure creative talent. It's schmoozing. 
it's uh, it's a lot of of cleverness. It's a lot of of business and politics. Uh, and uh, I'm just going to vote for pure creative vision over uh, over kind of Hollywood politics. A vote for Jaws. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, there, Josh. Which one takes the win? Uh, this is really hard. Um, listening to everyone talk about it, um, my vote has been swaying back and forth this whole time. Um, they're both awesome achievements in filmmaking, um, in in technical respects, and just in drive and ambition. And uh, I think uh, I'm going to have to vote for Jaws, though, because um, I think it was a bigger success in in film history. You know, it really did. It, it was the start of the summer movie season. It did. It was a big game changer. I mean, and, and, and Zemeckis did that with, with Roger Rabbit. You know, that was, I mean, come on. Who, who's topped that since then? I mean, that was back in the 80s. You know, and he's gone on to do that with a lot of other of his movies. But I, I don't think it haunts the American consciousness like Jaws does. So I just I, I have to give it up to Jaws in the end, really. And Jaws takes the win. We are at our final fight. It is Raiders of the Lost Ark versus Joe versus the Volcano versus Jaws. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. Uh, Pete, this fight is yours. I, I was actually kind of hoping it would be who framed Roger Rabbit versus Joe <laughs> versus Joe. Versus Joe. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been so, fun. so everyone listening to us would be like, "Well, these guys have definitely uh, nuked the fridge." Oh yeah, we, we smoked a lot of pot. Um, but Pete, that fight is yours. <sighs> Jaws. Uh, vote for Jaws. Uh, Mike. Not Michael. Mike. Uh, this this is is tough. Uh, this is kind of uh, you know these these are big guns. I mean we we kind of got some some unusual choices made it in, but uh, I think uh, I think there would be no surprise that that Raiders and Jaws uh, would, would make it this far. Uh, you know I, I, it's going to sound kind of weird. Uh, I'm going to vote for Jaws. Is even though I probably like Raiders more. Uh, I, I own it on on DVD. I actually don't own Jaws, uh, even though I love the movie. It's but it's on, you know. Every actually, well, maybe I, you know. Now that I mentioned, I do actually have a used copy of Jaws. Uh, but Raiders, I I anxiously awaited that being released, um, and and both of them uh, produced a, a string of uh, considerably inferior sequels. Um, at least in my opinion, I know a lot of people like Ra the Raider sequels, uh, but. You know, when we get to Raiders, part of me always kind of has to remember that it's also a Lucas movie, and I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. Um, you know, I, I, I still like George Lucas a great deal, uh, and 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 I love this movie, and I think this movie artistically is more Spielberg than Lucas, but because Jaws is all Spielberg, at least as far as I see it, uh, I think that just edges it out as best Spielberg movie. Uh, vote for Jaws, Michael. Uh, yeah, you know, it's just, and sometimes you know, people are gonna say it's a predictable final twosome, but sometimes, how can you arrive at anything else, really? Um, gonna go with Raiders, and you know, here's the thing. Yeah, I had sequels. We all debate to the you know end of time, and there's Lucas's involvement and all that, but 
when I when I when I look back at what Spielberg had to accomplish at that time, Raiders was not a large budgeted picture. They didn't give him a lot of money to make that movie. He had a very tight shooting schedule, and the reason that he didn't have a lot going for him at that particular moment was because of what happened with 1941. 1941 was a huge disaster for him. He didn't lose a shit, shit, shitload of money, but critically, I mean, he was the darling golden boy at that point because of Jaws, because of Close Encounters. 1941 really hurt him. I mean, it really hurt him in a lot of ways. And Raiders was a chance for him. He looked at it as a chance for him to redeem himself not only critically, but personally as well. He had tackled something that he was not comfortable with. It was outside of, he was not ready to do that type of film yet. He went back to something lean and mean, similar to what he had to go through with Jaws, but he had George Lucas with him, a very strong producer at that time, and someone he felt comfortable collaborating with, but at the same time was free to be his own director. And he made a lean, mean motherfucker of a movie that's just as efficient as Jaws in every single way, but had even... I mean, Jaws actually is a pretty good domestic drama at its heart. It's got very rich characters from which to draw from. The tradition Raiders has to draw from is the Saturday matinees. These are about as shallow entertainments as they get. But the fact that Raiders has as much depth as it does is due, of course, to a lot of the screenplay written by Lawrence Kasdan, but Spielberg isn't a simple filmmaker. He put every fucking thing he had into that movie because he had to prove to everyone that 1941 was a fluke. 1941 was an aberration. Sorry about that. This is who I am. I am Steven Spielberg, Lord God of cinema. Watch me work my fucking magic. And he did with that movie. And you can debate the sequels to the end of the day and all that we kid about the kingdom, like whatever. Raiders hasn't lost an iota of its power even with all the other films. You can watch Kingdom of the Crystal Skull if you want, but if you can go right back to Raiders immediately, and it's absolutely perfect. Jaws has aged a little bit in some areas. Some of the, the shark is a little bit apparent in that. And there's nothing in Raiders that really has. I mean, the, the effects fit that period that he was filming in. It is as efficient and as mean and as lean and as perfect a film as Spielberg will probably ever make. And I think it has to trump Jaws because I think at that point he was at a career-wise he was in a worse place than he was when he made Jaws because 1941 really soured him in a lot of people's eyes and he pulled out an amazing <clears throat> fucking achievement and his career he's never had to look back since so I'm going with Raiders. A uh, vote for Raiders. Uh, someone call it a plea for Raiders because it, it's been weighing so heavily towards Jaws, but um. I'm going to go sequels on this one. And I'm going to go Jaws 4 versus Indiana Jones 4. Uh. Uh, both are absolutely horrible films. Um, but <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull uh, is, is a lot more fun. <laughs> it's, a, it's a horrible, horrible movie. Uh, there, there's so many things that happen in that. God, if I go that, I can't vote for either one and when I start to think about it. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you, you can't go uh, that's hard. sequel. You okay. gotta leave the sequels out of it. I maybe, mean, especially maybe. go back and listen to Michael describe the ending of Jaws 4 on the <laughs> sequel. Oh, Jesus. God I almighty. Maybe, maybe, maybe I just go to three. Maybe I go to three and three. And oh, both. Then that's, that's easy then. Yeah, but it's, it's very easy because Jaws sequels, I don't know, maybe two? 
two is okay. I you know, but Jaws gets progressively dumber the the longer the series goes on. If they if they had made a bunch of Raiders films in the nineteen eighties, it would have been amazing. And I mean a bunch more than just the three. I, I know they couldn't have, but well, they actually could have. But if they had just kept making that franchise, they could have because they started with such a strong foundation, which was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, so I will be voting for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Sorry, Jaws, that somehow magically dies and then comes back and then follows the family to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> the Bahamas, the Bahamas. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. the Bahamas. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying. And it just keeps killing them. But I am voting for Raiders. I'm going to fuck you over, Josh. It is all tied up. It comes down to you. Which is the best Spielberg movie? Well, yeah, you totally stole my thunder, man. I was going to bring it down to sequels. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, Jaws 4 versus... I mean, come on, Crystal Skull. And Crystal Skull isn't that bad. I, you guys really like to crap on it a lot. It's not that bad. Come on. Indiana Jones survives the nuclear explosion in a refrigerator. Well, let's not let's not get into a discussion of this. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Fucking I, time out. That was not How even about we actually me. just t- you know talk yeah. about which one is the better Spielberg movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they I, both I, deserve yeah. to be judged on their merits, not their sequels. Yeah. yeah. That's not. Yeah. That's really unfair to both. Both franchises. Okay, that's okay. You made a good point. Um, I can't vote against Indiana Jones. I just can't. They're, this is a really hard fight. They're both excellent, but Did you vote against it with Catch Me If You Can. Well, Catch Me If You Can isn't battling against Raiders. I mean, um, when it comes down to these two, I mean, um, you know, I never dressed up like a shark and pretended to be a shark when I was a kid. You know. I'd love that would have been that would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to be Indiana Jones. He's awesome, you know. It's he's. I mean, come on. It's it's indie. I mean, it's Indiana Jones, right there. A vote for Indiana Jones. Well, actually, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders. It's not Indiana Jones and the Raiders yeah, of the Lost Ark. None of that revisionist bullshit. No. Oh, I know. I, I wouldn't do that. It is Raiders of the Lost Ark, and. uh Raiders of the Lost Ark is the best Spielberg movie. We are, of course, wrong. Absolutely, <laughs> totally wrong. It's Joe versus the volcano. No, it's Game not. It is, a, it is an American tale. Five goes west. I just that love is- how Raiders of the Lost Ark can beat Jaws, but not catch me if you can. Yeah, I know. Isn't it crazy? We're, 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 yeah. It's, in fact, it's, if I, I, I am retroactively changing my vote, so uh, it's just <laughs> It doesn't matter. We're always wrong. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Check out backlightd.com, dvdgeeks.tv, Subspace Communicate, and their awesome podcast, Life After Trek. They just did one with uh, Terrace on there uh, talking about the Geek Nation tours. Also, check out zarband.com for the Soulless Minions of Orthodoxy, Into the Batcave, and many other fan-made commentaries. Uh, special thanks goes to Karen for being our web presence. Check out what she's doing with Chris Mitchell on the Geek Fights Tumblr. And of course, Mr. Jared Formby for the pimped out intros he creates. You can read his blog, Hey Star Trek, at HeyStarTrek.net. I'd also like to thank our guests for joining us. Does anybody have anything they'd like to plug? Um, Michael? Uh, when is this show going to be airing? I don't know. Um, let me look. Hang on. A couple of See. weeks from now. No, it's three weeks from now? But it'll definitely be it'll definitely be before the first week of May. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. 
All right. Well, then, in that case, uh, I would like to plug the upcoming Texas Frightmare Weekend Convention, which is taking place over the weekend of May 4th in Dallas, Texas. Uh, it is a wonderful show. It was at the first one they did several years ago, and I've been to a couple of them since. It has quickly evolved into one of the biggest con- horror conventions uh, pretty much anywhere and is one of the most well-run and well-organized uh, well shows. They have an amazing lineup this year. They have a They Live reunion with Roddy Piper and Keith David and Meg Foster. Characters from Tombstone. They have actors from The Walking Dead. Uh, Demons. They have Ernest Borgnine will be appearing there. They have a huge amount of people. Uh, very eccentric uh, cast and uh, director's list there for you to enjoy. And uh, always a few Texas Chainsaw Massacre people uh, lying around there because it was filmed not too far from there. So it's a great show to go to if you're in the and it's uh, not too far from Austin. So if you like to travel down to Austin and take in the uh, wonderful atmosphere that is Austin, Texas, it's only a few hours south. So I recommend uh, Texas Frightmare Weekend at TexasFrightmareWeekend.com. Uh, Pete. Um, no, not really. Uh, Dion's Playground, right? Dion's Playground on eBay. If you're looking for, uh, currently I have a large selection of trading cards up. D-I-O-N-S, right? D-I-O-N-S Playground, all one word. Thank you. Uh, Josh. You. Uh, yeah, you can uh, find me at solvusminions.lipson.com, also on Zarbin. Um, by the time this airs, our Star Trek Three commentary will be up. That has uh, me, uh, my brother Alan, uh, Mike, uh, Michael, and Damon on there talking about Star Trek Three. So definitely check that out. Also, you can find me at the, the Delta Quadrant dot uh, where I review Star Trek Voyager. Uh, you know, I, I I totally forgot that um, uh, Friday, no Thursday, we'll be in Chicago, and it'll be C two E two time. And uh, if you're listening to it this that weekend, we are probably drunk. Just, just if we're hanging out with Alan, which we're going to be doing, we'll probably be drunk or in a fist fight. Um, why qualify it with the probably, <laughs> Mike? Why or? I know. <laughs> <laughs> why a lot of things, really? Uh, well, uh, it looks like these odd complexes probably done. We may do a farewell episode. But uh, ZodComplex.com is gone, so don't bother going there. Uh, but you can still find me on the Weekend Geek video show on YouTube, where every uh, week we preview the uh, new comics. Uh, you can check us out at GeekFights.net, where we have lists of show ideas, the brackets we mentioned earlier, our past episodes, and more. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and the Zoom Network or like us on Facebook. And if you look at it, look on iTunes or the Zoom Network, all of our episodes are there. You can look at any one that you like. Uh, if you'd like to be on the panel, just contact us at geekfights at gmail.com or at geekfights on Twitter. That's all it takes to join the Legion of Geeks. Our upcoming fights are next week, because I looked at it just a second ago. MS3, <laughs> Mystery Science Theater 3000, best of. We're doing that. Then after that will be the uh, convention show. You'll get to hear that one. It'll be fun, maybe, or it'll be a horrible disaster. I'm any, looking forward to MST 3K. That should be cool. Any and all ideas are welcome. Uh, thanks again for listening. Until next time. Uh, keep fighting the geek fight. Good night. Oh, I would like to would like to add one last thing. I know what? it's going to be quite a few weeks uh, when this airs. By the time this would have happened, but when we were recording this yesterday, marked the 81st birthday of William Shatner. Really? I wanted to say it's amazing. The captain is 81 years old. Yeah. Wow. 
You, you know you just cursed him to die, right? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can kill William Shatner. Uh, it, well, it's about McDowell. <laughs> so, a bridge. A bridge. <laughs> anyway, good night, everybody.
Let's do this. Let's do this shit.